We at Coco Talk would like to thank the patrons who sponsor our show. So thanks go to Al Hartman, Alan Huffman, Alan Murphy, Blair Ledoux, Brendan Donahue, Brian Joyce, Brian Weasler, Christina Armstrong, D. Bruce Moore, Davey Mitchell, Diego, Disney Saints fan, Eric Canales, Fedor Stamen, Grant Leedy, Jason Bucata, Jason Downs, Jenna Farron, Ken Reichert, Kyle Etter, Malfunct, Michael Pitsley, Paul Fiscarelli, Paul Shoemaker, Richard Lorbieski, Rob Inman, Stephen Wagner, Steve Bjork, Terry Steen, Terry Steggy, The Backyard Shed Gang, Tom C., Tom S., and Tim Lindner. Thank you ever so much, patrons. Coco Talk is an unscripted live broadcast. Anything can and will happen. The views and opinions expressed by members of the panel and the live audience are their own and not necessarily those of the Coco Talk show, its sponsors, affiliates, or subsidiaries. Open minds encourage, sense of humor recommended. If any off-color comments were made, we're sorry. Hi, this is Dale Leader, designer of TRS 80 Color Baseball, and you're listening to Coco Talk. Talk, the world's leading live talk show featuring the Tandy Color Computer. It's time to drop your socks, grab your real-time clocks, and let's rock. Coco Talk is rocking the 8-bit world, keeping the Tandy flame alive. We may be mocked, but we'll never stop, because Coco Talk is rocking the 8-bit world. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to everyone's favorite show, Coco Talk. This week, we've got a special update for you. Who's excited to talk about the Coco Pie Project? I know I am. Coco Talk is rocking the 8-bit world, keeping the tandy flame alive. We may be mocked, but we'll never stop, because Coco Talk is rocking the 8-bit world. Good afternoon, everybody. We are here. We are on the air. Everyone's favorite Coco Talk show is live Coco Talk episode 163. We have got a panel of very handsome, very accomplished, and very talented individuals for you today. Wait a second. What show am I talking about? That's right. So, like this one. We've got people in the live chat already. Mark Bosley was out there. Kevin Holloway is out there. James Jones and Nimble and Frodo NL is out there. David Lord is here. Mark Overholzer, Nick Marota. Alexander Wallace from Mexico is out there. So hello, everybody. Thanks for joining us every week. We appreciate you. Tim Franklin has just joined us on Facebook. Um, so who's on the panel today? Our backup streamer, our engineer, our guy who's got a great sense in fashion, Mark Bosley is here. Welcome, Mark. Hello, everybody. He's back from vacation. He's home with his Apple II right behind him, keeping him warm. It is Mark D. Overholzer. Welcome, Mark. Thank you. Glad to be back. We're glad to have you. He knows the way to San Jose. He knows a thing or two about Pi Drivewire, too. It's Mikey, and he likes it. Hey, Mikey. I don't like it, but I am Mikey, and I am in San Jose. Hi, everybody. Hey. 
from sunny Arizona, where they don't need no stinking time zone changes, it's Rendezvous! (laughs) Hello, Ronald. Our guest of honor today, Ron Klein, is here. Welcome, Ron. Hello, everybody. Thank you for being here, sir. A man whose name is so nice, we must say it thrice. It is Nick Maroda, Nick Maroda, Nick Maroda. Hello, glad to be here. And we're glad to have you. And your hair is looking luxurious today, sir. Oh, isn't it fabulous? It is. I'd like to know what products you're using there. Maybe we can talk off Only my hairdresser knows for sure. (laughs) Legendary game designer and very humble person is joining us today, Mr. Rick Adams. Hello, Rick. Thank you, thank you. Your kindness is measurable and meets with my approval. <laughs> From CocoMan.biz, maker of many fine products involving toggle switches, it's Jason the Coco Man Rikerd. Welcome, Jason. Howdy, howdy. Coco Talk, use only as directed. That's right. And if Coco Talk lasts for more than four hours, we're sorry. And last but certainly not least, he's here. It is Alan Murphy. Welcome to the program, Alan. Howdy, howdy, everybody. Welcome, welcome. I am your host, Stevie Stroh. We have now finished with our panel introductions. What's the topic this week? This week, we are going to talk about the latest, greatest update to the Cocoa Pie Project which has been painstakingly maintained and updated and added with features and added with content by Ron Klein, we have in store for you a wonderful presentation that's going to show you what's new, including a new website, how to get into the Cocoa Pie, how to set up the Cocoa Pie, how to run software on the Cocoa Pie. So um, we're going to go ahead and just jump right into that presentation. So if you've wanted to know about the Cocoa Pie, and even if you do know about the Cocoa Pie, there's things you might not know now because this is brand new, late breaking, premier information. Get ready. Fasten your seatbelts. It is Cocoa Pie presentation time, boys and girls. Hey, everybody. It's me, Stevie Stroh, and I am joined by Ron Klein. Hello, Ron. Hey, hey everybody. And we're here with you today to um, talk about something pretty exciting, the official update to the Cocoa Pie project, the official Cocoa Pie website, and the fact that there is now a new image for 2020. A year later, there is finally an updated public image. And we also now support the Raspberry Pi 4. So we're going to cover all of that in this video, including how to set up the Cocoa Pie image, the steps we're going to show you will will apply to the Raspberry Pi 3 or the Raspberry Pi 4, but we're going to go ahead and do it on the Raspberry Pi 4. Uh, The first thing you're going to want to do is you're going to want to download the image from CocoaPie.com, and this is what the new official Cocoa Pie website looks like. So you're going to have a home screen that kind of explains to you what the project's all about. There is a download link where you can get the image to the Pi 3 image or the Pi 4 image. Uh, there is a link to some image burning tools for both Windows and some cross-platform tools because you are going to have to burn this image to your um, SD card to boot it up in your Raspberry Pi and a um, carryover for when um, Antonio Jimenez was hosting some domain names for this. He also had a pretty cool uh, Cocoa mouse pointer. So we have that file here for you too, just for your uh, amusement. 
there is documentation to the project that is here on the documentation tab. This is something that Ron Klein is maintaining. It is a uh, Google document, so it will always be up to date with the latest information. And um, there's also a document here if you have an older image on how to add a GitHub repository for um, project updates, which is a new feature. What you get from that download initially is a, a zip file, which is an archive. You need to extract that zip file to get the actual image file here, which in this case here on my Windows machine, it looks like a shiny silver CD, but it is a generic image file that you will burn to your SD card. There's also the, um, the MD5, where if you want to verify that the contents of your file are, are valid, you've got that. The tool I use to burn is this program here called Belina Etcher, and this works on Windows and Mac and I believe Linux. And when I burn the image, you drag it down here to burn it. It also verified the image for me automatically. So in the case of this demo, we have downloaded the image, we've extracted it, we've burned it, we've verified it. We're now going to switch over to first-time boot. So have I missed anything so far, Ron Klein? No, you recapped it very well. Actually, it looks great. And this is now looking at the home screen of the Cocoa Pie 4 on a Raspberry Pi 4. The world has never seen Cocoa Pie on a Raspberry Pi 4 before. So here we are. Yeah, this was a natural uh, thing to do just to expand to the Raspberry Pi 4. I held out for a while because there were some initial issues with the Raspberry Pi 4 when it first came out. And after I... Uh, finally got one and decided to try porting over this project to it. I was very happy with the performance increase. It's actually a great platform for emulating color computers. Yes, and I've I've had fun in the in the short time I've been playing with it too. Um, it definitely boots and runs faster. Um, we have booted the image that we've burned. Before we can do anything, um, we need to basically be looking at step three right now on our first time boot we need to expand our file system so that's what we are going to do right now do you want to explain what this purpose is for the whole image and then the burning oh, the expansion sure, part sure. so with this project um there's a lot of stuff that's included and and, and stevie just showed a lot of that <clears throat> excuse me but i try to make the the image file as small as possible so it's easier for people to download. And in this particular case, this project is now running uh, what we call a 32 gig image. That's as small as I could get it. I am recommending if someone can get a 64 gig card or even higher, uh, probably to do that. Um, but in this particular case, we're at a 32 gig card or image. Um, there's a lot on it. And not all SD cards are created the same. So by going into this option that tells it to expand the file system, it's going to try to reclaim anything it can on the SD card that you're writing it to as far as space. So if you do put a 64 gig card in your Raspberry Pi, this will expand the file system to go beyond 32 to 64. And from there, if you have a 128 gig card, it'll use all that. It's very important that you do that. Um, because things will not run correctly if there's not enough space. Um, I get asked this all the time with previous versions. Sometimes you're doing something and it won't work. And I said, did you expand your file system? You might be out of space. They do that and it resolves the issue. So very important step. All right. So for distribution purposes, the image has been 
compacted as small as you can to make a reasonable size download. But that compacted image is basically now a full hard drive. It's got no space left. And so you now basically need to blow that up to have more file system space available to the actual uh, operating system. Um, so in order to do that, we're going to go to our utilities menu, which is option number seven. Option 33. This is a really short menu. Not much on here. But op <laughs> <laughs> uh, option 33 is to bring up the raspy config script. We're going to get a little warning here. I never read these. I just hit enter. And now from here, from the raspy config option that was utilities menu 33, we go to raspy config option number seven, which is our advanced options. Mm -hmm. And the first option here is advanced Option A1, expand file system, ensures that all of your SD card storage is available. We will hit enter. It has done something. It says you must reboot. We'll hit OK. We'll tab over to finish. We will hit yes. OK, so we have expanded the file system of our Cocoa Pie, which means the hard drive is as big as it can be. We now need to do something that you can't do on a real Coco. We need to connect our Coco Pie to the internets. And there's two ways to do that. The easy way is if you've got a real physical network, you plug in a network cable, you're already on the internets. Um, if you are not plugged in with a um, hardwired cable, you need to get on the thing these kids these days call the Wi-Fi. And that would be on um, Utilities Menu, uh, Menu Option 29. Uh, we're going to go into here, and then what we're going to see is a, a text file that we can edit where we will put in the name of our wireless network and password. So right now you see in generic quotes, we see the SSID, which is the name of your wireless network, and we see in quotes password, which is what would ultimately be your wireless password. All right, so once you've put in your uh, wireless name and your wireless password, you'd hit Control X to save. It's gonna say, do you wanna um, save? You're gonna hit Y for yes. It's gonna ask you what file name. You're just gonna hit Enter to do it. And now we have um, done that. What I'm not sure of is will this automatically get me in the Wi-Fi? So let me check system status. Okay, so my network is unreachable. So I'm gonna go ahead and go down here to option number 48, reboot Raspberry Pi. Okay, we've rebooted. I'm gonna to go to my utilities menu. I'm gonna to go to system status, retrieving status information. And I've got an IP. I have an IP address. <laughs> so we have now gotten our Cocoa Pi, our Raspberry Pi is now on the internets and we can now proceed with adding content to our Cocoa Pie. So we're gonna go ahead and go down nearly to the end. And this is where we are going to menu option 43. We are going to download the ROM images of the various color computers. If you're asking yourself, why do we need to do this? Um, this has to do with copyright and how MAME wants itself to be distributed, right? MAME does not want you to distribute the emulator with any ROMs that have any potential copyrights associated with them. So the Cocoa Pie image includes MAME, which you're allowed to distribute freely, 
but the ROMs are not on the image. So we're respecting the copyrights. We're respecting MAME's wishes. And then we've given you a very user-friendly way to come in here and add the ROMs to the image after you have added that to your uh, Raspberry Pi. So this option here will download ROMs from the internets. I'm gonna hit enter. I'm gonna press any key. And we have now just added all of the various Coco ROMs to the Raspberry Pi's MAME emulator. So now the MAME emulator can run all the various machines, Coco 1, 2, 3, MC10. We've added our emulators. Uh, at this point, we can boot up a Coco, no problem. But we want software, right? We don't want to just have a Coco. We want software. And there are a number of operating systems and that you can run, like Brett Gordon's Fuzix is here, and the latest ease of use of Nitrous 9 is here too. We're going to go ahead and download that. So this is menu option number 45. I'm going to hit enter. It's going to say press any key, and it is now starting to download Nitrous 9. Okay, so Nitrous 9 has been downloaded and extracted. The latest edition will always be pulled from L. Curtis Boyle's website. So this current uh, edition has a disk to boot from in MAME and two virtual hard drives. It also has the documentation. It's all here. It's been downloaded. It's been extracted. It's been put where it needs to be, and it will run. But wait, there's more. Um, in addition to running everyone's favorite operating system, Nitrous 9, how about the entire software library from the Color Computer Archive uh, in the ultimate SDC image that will be at your fingertips for perusing on your Cocoa Pie? It's here, and that is menu option 46. This might take a while, so let's go ahead and start the process. Okay, so the entire... Ultimate SDC image has been downloaded and extracted. We'll go ahead and add one more thing to the list, and that is Fuzix, the latest Fuzix image, Brett Gordon's um, project, which is taking a very Unix-like operating system for the Coco 3. That was pretty quick. We have downloaded the Coco Pie image. We have extracted it, um, we've burned it, we've verified it, we've booted our Raspberry Pi, we've expanded our file system, which allows our hard drive to be all it can be, we've joined the Wi-Fi, we've downloaded the ROMs, which are what's actually needed for MAME to become a Coco 1, 2, or 3. We've downloaded Nitrous 9, we've downloaded Fuzix, we have downloaded the ultimate SDC image. So at this point, all of these steps here need to be done one time and then your Cocoa Pie is ready for you to enjoy and live happily ever after with. We're gonna go ahead and demonstrate a few things that we can do with the Cocoa Pie now. So we're gonna go ahead and bring up everyone's favorite operating system, Nitrous 9 Ease of Use. And so this is how you're gonna operate your Cocoa Pie. Now that you've done some of those preliminary setup steps, you're gonna boot up, you're gonna have a main menu. You can choose Color Computer 2, Color Computer 2 via XROAR, and Color Computer 3. Since we wanna show off ease of use, we're gonna to go to Color Computer 3. And that happens to be menu option number nine. 
Tandy Color Computer 3 with HDB DOS, 6309, 2 megabytes of RAM, and Nitrous 9 ease of use. I was going to say, Stevie, just to show everybody that it's got 2 meg, if you, um, you type in the M free command, all one word, there we go at the bottom, 1.8 megabyte. 1.8 megabytes. Great, Scott. <laughs> um, so we have booted into Nitrous 9 with 2 megabytes of memory. And, and, and then the next best thing to booting Nitrous 9 is actually shutting it down. No, I'm kidding. Um, so if we hit clear, if we just hit clear, we can scroll through numerous terminal windows. Um, we can uh, bring up G Shell, which is the... Um, graphical shell that makes Nitrous 9 somewhat easier to use. And um, this is how we would do things to, to boot stuff up. But since I don't know what I'm doing here, we'll just leave it alone. This was mostly a demo. So what's the command to get out of this? Is it just reboot? I type in reboot. It takes you back to the regular Coco uh, screen. All right. So another cool thing we're going to show you is um, the... Soft, what is it called, Ron? Software? It's the software list function built into MAME where you have an easy pick list of available software that can load into your color computer. All right, so we're going to pick Coco 2 this time. And I'm just going to boot a standard Coco 2 with um, normal disk basic. And I should add that this is this works, this function that Stevie's going to show, it works for cartridges and disk images. Uh, we can even do a cartridge first if you would like, and then sure. show them how to do a disk image. All right, so I'm going to hit tab, which is bringing up the menu. I'm going to go to file manager. I'm going to go to cartridge first. And then second item on the menu here is software list. And from here, we're going to choose Tandy Radio Shack computer cartridges. This will bring up a list of all the various cartridges that are um, available. Uh, Androne is just one of the first ones on the list. I will highlight that, hit enter. And then what will happen is the Coco is now going to reboot with the Androne cartridge in here. And boom, we are running Androne. And if I want to get out of the Coco, I would hit escape. This is a new feature here too to prevent you from accidentally um, prematurely ejecting out of your cocoa you might have been working on some code when you go to hit escape to exit it's going to say are you for sure for sure so you would have to hit return to get out okay so we have booted back into the cocoa we've seen what it looks like to boot a cartridge let's do the same option here let's go to file manager let's now boot up a floppy disk so we'll go we'll highlight floppy disk we will go to software list Tandy Radio Shack Color Computer Disk Images. Okay, so I'm gonna hit enter. That is basically mounted that disk. You can see now that 3D disk, 3D brick is mounted in uh, Drive Zero. I'll just hit tab to get out of here. If I do the uh, legendary dir command to list my directory, it's there. I can now do a load M and an exec and that should boot it up. And here we go, 3D breakout. Um, so 
what you can see here is the software list is a great way to just boot into a Coco and load some software uh, pretty easily. So the whole idea here with this project is making it very user-friendly to fire up a Coco and then giving you simple and easy access to Coco software. We have demonstrated booting Nitrous 9. We have demonstrated the software list. One of the things we downloaded was the ultimate SDC image, and we're going to show you how to navigate that. So we're going to do a similar similar step here. We're going to boot up a, a stock Coco 2. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go to my file manager, and we're going to. These are mostly disks, if I'm not mistaken. So we're going to go to floppy disks. Now, in this case here, we're going to need to browse, right? Uh, instead of right. going to software list. So should I just go to the root? Let's go to the root. Okay. So we're going to go to where it says forward slash, which is our root folder. And um, we're going to get into this. But this folder here called media is shared out. And you'll be able to access this through your home network. So you can actually add content to your Raspberry Pi through your home network and and then you can browse to that content so that's also pretty user friendly so this folder here called media is actually shared out and then we're going to go into share one mm -hmm. and then there are a ton of folders here i recognize ron d that's ron delvo's collection is it sdc Yes, it's SDC. And notice there's also an SDC Dragon, right? So there's a, probably some folders there. So we'll go ahead and go to SDC. And then SDC is then organized into apps and collections and communications, demo, educational games, which is all I care about. Music. We'll show off some music. Um, but we'll go to games. I'm going to do one better. I'm going to show off uh, the game of the week that we had this week, was, which is Lunar Rover Patrol. However... I believe um, they call this one Rover instead of Lunar. And here it is, Rover Disk. Um, now it's asking, do you want it to be read-only or read-write? If you're just loading from it, read-only is probably fine. If this was a disk you were working on to save content, you might want to do read-write. So I'll just hit enter there. It now shows that Floppy 1 is loaded with Lunar Rover Patrol. Let me get out of the menu. Let me do dir. We should see that rover is here, and I can do the good old load M. And exec. Okay, well, that's the wrong file, but you get the idea. <laughs> this is not Lunar Rover. Oh, Patrol. that is a different one. Very yeah. interesting. So this I one, didn't even know they had this. I didn't either. <laughs> All right. So this one's called Sand Rover, not to be confused with Lunar Rover. Um, but uh, so you get the idea here by um, going to the file menu in MAME and then browsing. You want to browse to the root of your Pi. You want to go to the media folder and to share one and then there are a ton of different folders and subfolders there. Uh, the benefit of doing that is that you will be able to add your own content to, um, to that share through the network. So you don't actually have to keep um, worrying about doing the old SD shuffle and trying to copy things to the SD card. You can just browse to your network and add that. All right, so one more thing before we show you how to add content to your shared folder. Uh, there's another 
plethora of software you can explore um, that uh, something that we showed off recently on Coco Talk, which is Yados, Brett Gordon's Yados, and a huge virtual hard drive that Ron Klein put together that's got over 3,000 disks that you can peruse. And um, Yados works in both Coco 1, 2, and 3, but I think mm-hmm. in the case of browsing this and having a slightly uh, better screen real estate, should we go ahead and try to show off the Yados and the 3,000 disk image on the Coco 3? Sure. So we can pull up like a 40 column screen or something to make it easier to read. Yeah, actually the Coco 3 will show an 80 column screen. Okay. So it looks looks pretty nice. All right. So we're going to go into here and we're going to look for Coco 3 with Yados. With, uh, so which one do we want? 12 with the HDD or the 6309? Uh, either, it, you know, unless there's special software that requires the 6309, um, option 12 would work. All right. as well. So this is going to boot up a Coco 3 with Brett Gordon's Yados. It's going to be mounted with a virtual hard disk that has got 3,000 plus uh, Coco disks that you can peruse and load up for your Coco pleasure. All right, so there's 3,000 disks in this Yados image. I went ahead and started browsing at um, disk 1,000, and I've seen here that we have something for the Coco 3 that's called Classic solitaire that's on disk number 1021 so the command here would be drive comma 1021 mm-hmm. and type in dir there is basic programs there because i don't know what mode this is in i should probably do a with 32 just to be safe yep and then we have a boot basic we've got a handful of programs here i'm not sure which one to run so i'm going to assume boot is probably a safe one to run RGB. And all right, so what we've just shown off here is Ron Klein's 3000 disk image that's available via Yados. And actually, this game looks pretty cool. I don't. It I, does. I've never tried it, so now <laughs> this is a new one to try. <laughs> I don't remember ever seeing a solitaire. I know Ken Reichard mentioned he made one, but I've never actually played that I can recall a Coco solitaire game, so that might be a new, uh, a new time killer um so we've just shown you just a quick uh maybe not so quick depends how i edit this but a um a preview of what it's like to load from that yados 3000 disc image what's the last thing we want to do on this video boys and girls is uh we're going to show you how to add content to that share so you can add your own software to your cocoa pie and load it up uh repeat that in just a second all right, so what I want to do now is I want to add something to my Cocoa Pie through the network. Now, the default name your Cocoa Pie is going to take on is Cocoa Pie, and you can change the host name under your uh, utilities menu, under the Raspbian config. You can change the host name of your Cocoa Pie so it'll say something else. Mm-hmm. But mine is going to say Cocoa Pie. So when you go to log into your Cocoa Pie, the first time you go to browse to this share and you double click it, um, it may ask you for a username and password like it is right now. Okay. So the username is pi and the password is R-A-S-P-B-E-R-R-Y. Let's make Correct. sure that, and then you can tell it to remember. And now we can see everything. This is the share. Let me make this bigger. This is the share of your various folders. And I want to add a disk here for my um, Coco 3s to find. So where's the best place for me to add that? Well, you're under the media share one 
uh, structure on the Raspberry Pi. So if there's a, um, a new folder you want to create, if there's a place you want to put it in an existing folder, I would probably recommend uh, a new folder. Reason for that is if there's updates to any of the folders that come with the project, uh, this way you're not going to overwrite anything, you're not going to cause any issues. So I'd probably recommend creating a new folder. Okay, so I'm going to make a folder called My Disks. And in this case here, I'm going to drag in um, my legitimately purchased copy of Popstar Pilot that I have. And so I just drag Popstar Disk into a folder on this share that is called My Disks. Now that I've done that, I should be able to go to my Tandy Calor Computer 3. And we're just going to do a, a standard deck B because we don't need, as 512K is standard on the, on the Coco 3, right? Yes. Yep. Okay. So we're going to fire up a Coco 3 with um, a standard disk basic and 512K. I'm going to hit tab. I'm going to go to file manager. MAME will probably remember where I was, but we're going to go down here to floppy disk. I'm going to start browsing. No, it did not. Okay. So and MAME is not remembering paths, which is probably good. So I'm going to go back here to my root. I'm going to go to media. I am going to go to share one. This is the folder we just accessed from my home network. And in here, you're going to see a bunch of different uh, folders. This is the one I just created called my disks. And in here is Popstar Disk. I'm going to just say this needs to be read. We'll do read write. Who cares? I've now opened Popstar Pilot. If I type in dir, I should see all the files. If I run Popstar, oh, <laughs> this has got all the, the, pa the pause. This key. has got the default pause. So you're going to have to watch one of my supplementary videos telling you how to remap main buttons because P for pause kind of blows. All right, so we're going to run Popstar. All right, and now we can finally see that you can also add your own software to the CocoaPie through your home network pretty easily, and then you can access that software through the file menu of MAME just by browsing some folders. And wow, I know we've covered a lot, but this project does a lot and offers a lot to us. So I just want to say thank you, Ron Klein, for uh, carrying this torch. One of the things we did mention on the Cocoa Pie website is this project was started by Chris Hawks. And um, you just kind of took that and, and just added a tremendous amount to it. Um, you've made it very user-friendly to set up. You've made it very user-friendly to navigate. And you've made it pretty easy for us to even add content to it. And we haven't even talked about other things like development tools and cross assemblers. There's and, a lot. And there's there. a lot on here. So um, the the best place to go at this point when you want to find out what's new and exciting with the project will be to go to the Coco-Pi website. And we should probably note too that the 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 reason why um, the name was changed was because this was originally called Coco Pi Three because it was based on the Raspberry Pi Three. But since we now have the Raspberry Pi Four support. Um, this was kind of my idea, selfishly, that says, well, why do we want to call it Pi 3, Pi 4? Let's just call it Cocoa Pie. So this is the new official name for the project because at some point in time, there's going to be a Pi 5, right? So <laughs> and we're going we're gonna to support that. So <laughs> yeah. if, you, if you want to know um, what's new in the project, just coming to the website, 
looking at the documentation, looking for updates as far as release notes that will be published will be here. Uh, everything will be here. So, uh, Ron, thanks for this project, and thanks for putting up with me because I know my harassment um, probably prompted some of this. But um, I think a lot of people will benefit from this. There's a lot of new people coming to the community. Buying a color computer and all the accessories you need can be a little bit expensive and daunting. And so being able to enjoy what the color computer offers is pretty easy to do on this Cocoa Pie. So thank you, sir. Oh, thank you very much. I appreciate you uh, making the videos and sharing your experiences with everybody. I think this is going to be very helpful. So I definitely appreciate it. Yep. So we're going to we're going to close on that. Thank you guys. Hopefully this was helpful. Um I'll also just plug Discord, right? So as you start using the Cocoa Pie and if you run into questions, Ron Klein and a bunch of other people who are using Raspberry Pis will be available on our Discord server. So join Discord, check it out, ask your questions and enjoy Cocoa Pie. Thanks everybody. Thank you. All right. That's 30 minutes of your life that you'll never get back, but there you have it. Um, most of what you need to know to get up and running on your Cocoa Pie. Again, thanks, Ron, for doing that. Um, we, we already had a question in the panel from, uh, was, it, was it David Lord that asked? And so we are now yeah. in the, the Q&A part of this. So one of the things that David Lord asked was, what was the attract mode? Because <laughs> there's so much in this uh, package it's impossible to cover it all in in a reasonable amount of time um you want to answer that question ron Klein, sure what the attract mode is sure so the attract mode was something i added as part of um going to coco fest and things like that i wanted to leave the cocoa pie running but i wanted something on it that people could see well if i stepped away and what i did is basically wrote an automated we lost your audio ron Ron, we, we've lost your audio. I'm not sure what's going on there. He says one second. Okay. Remove the headset. Remove the headset. Plug and unplug. I think you have to hold your hand to your ear like like Walter Cronkite or yes, something. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes, we're hearing you. You're live on the scene. We're here in the newsroom. <laughs> Go ahead, Steve Stro, with your report. Yeah, well, well JFK's been him. shot. So while we're waiting on Ron to come back, of us here in the panel, uh, and I know at least one of you, the answer is going to be yes. But how many of us are using Raspberry Pis for for anything, let alone the Cocoa Pie? Michael Furman says yes. Yeah, definitely me. Uh, yep. Uh, Robbie, Robbie, Robert. Alan Murphy says yes. Rick Eulen says yes. Looks like Ron Klein is pointing to his cocoa pie, and Ron has done so. Uh, Jen, uh, Jason Reichard's giving us a thumbs up. Um, Ron is pointing to a cocoa pie inside a cocoa case, and there are um, accessories that exist now and that are on the horizon where you can adapt cocoa keyboards and cocoa joysticks to USB devices that you can then plug into a PC or your Cocoa Pie. So there are a handful of people who are now taking an empty Cocoa shell and putting the Cocoa Pie in there to make their Cocoa Pie fit and work inside um, a Cocoa case. Tim Franklin on Facebook is saying, I have five pies. Okay, hopefully you don't have diabetes from that. Um, <laughs> I have a bunch of those little ones diabetes. in the box. 
the little ones in the box. What's that? Yeah, the little, like the little the little pies. But oh yeah, I'm yeah. just running Retro Pie on my Raspberry Pi, and now now I have to put cocoa. I have to load up Cocoa Pie now. So this has inspired me. Yeah, here's yeah. an excuse to get another Raspberry Pi. Or you are, need an or, excuse, or just uh, buy an extra SD card for the project. So if you've got oh, a, yeah. yeah, if you've got a Raspberry Pi three that was yeah. used for project X, Y, or Z, just buy a blank SD card. And uh, we'll wait while you take that phone call. That's okay. Um, <laughs> I don't even know. Hello, who that you're is. on the air. Hello, you're on the air. Yeah, go, go ahead, go ahead, caller, caller. Yeah. Yes, you're on the air. Yeah. So um, uh, hopefully Ron Klein will be back. But um, David Lord, to get here comes Ron Klein, waiting for entry. Joining. Ron Klein in Mission Control. Do you copy? Hello, hello. Yes. My gosh, I apologize. Snafu here. That's what happens when you do a live show. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the question was, and right when you got cut off, what is the attract mode? So I, I'm not sure how much you heard from before, but the attract mode was set up for when I attend like Cocoa Fest and things like that. I didn't want to, um, I wanted something playing on the, the uh, Raspberry Pi if I stepped away from the table. And what it does is it cycles through all the cartridges that are available for the color computer. And what it'll do is it'll, it'll run them for about two minutes each, and then it cycles to the next one. Um, I realized that when people were walking up that were starting to play. In fact, I think um, Bruce Morrison wound up going to the Raspberry Pi at one show early on. I think he was playing a game and it booted him out. And uh, I kind of snickered a little bit. I was going to go over there and tell him, I'm sorry, that's the attract mode of this thing. But that's what it does. And um, by default, I'm running a Coco 2 with that. So there are some cartridges that'll cycle through that are not Coco 2 compatible, in which case it just kind of skips by those. But that's what the attract mode is for. It's just more or less uh, something to watch the Raspberry Pi do. You could even leave it running in the background if you want it, you know, just just something to look at. Yeah, uh, there was there's another one too. There's an attract mode that if you can run a Coco three, it actually runs through Ron Klein's image library. So if you've followed the uh, color computer gallery, where Ron takes a lot of these high color images that he converts to run with Sockmaster's image viewer, uh, it'll run through a slideshow of all these nice high color Coco three images. And I had that playing in my living room on a nice big uh, flat screen TV, and it looked really nice. Uh, so that's another attract mode. You had a, you had something to say, uh, Nick Marota. We have a question in the chat room. Uh, how is the emulation speed on a Pi 3? Pi 3 is very good. It's, it's, with the tweaks I've done, it is more or less 100%. I've tried to run timing tests to see how it compares to a real color computer, and it, it seems fine. As a matter of fact, the Raspberry Pi will run it faster if you use like a no throttle option in MAME, and even XROAR has an option to run the emulator as fast as the pie can go so it it will run at um full speed right thank you the the original project that was called coco pie 3 was designed for the stock raspberry pi 3 before there was a pi 3b and 3b plus and things and i think ron had overclocked the pie and so when you read the documentation he recommends getting a case with a fan so you want to make sure if you have a stock 
original Pi 3 that you have the heat sinks. All three heat sinks are on those three main chips and you've got a case with a active cooling fan on there because he is running the Pi a little faster than the stock speed. But yeah, the, the MAME emulation, I was playing it in my living room. I've got the original Pi 3. I'm playing Lunar Rover Patrol in Cocoa 3 mode and it's playing fine. It's playing as good as real hardware. Um, and with the added benefit, I can play it in my living room. So the, the speed on the Pi 3 is is fine. Uh, a lot of things Ron has done is he's, he's really uh, optimized the image. There is no graphical user interface, right? It's all text-based and menu-based, but MAME still runs in... Um, in graphics mode. I think Mr. Dave was asking how does the Pi handle artifact colors and it's not the Pi that does it but it's MAME or XROR. It's basically running emulators and both of those handle the artifact colors uh, perfectly mm -hmm. and you can switch the colors by just pulling up a menu. So in MAME you can go to the tab menu and switch your artifact mode by modifying the machine uh, settings if you have to uh, toggle the red and blue. But yeah so artifacting and RGB and composite mode all those things they work fine. Um, Stevie, just a quick note yeah. on the Pi 3. Some models of Pi 3 also have a chip on the bottom that yes. you need to put a heat sink on and a case that will accommodate that. <clears throat> I've heard a couple of people run into problems where they didn't know that and they put a fan on top and heat sinks on top and still had crash problems if they yeah. overclock. Yeah. yeah, I think that's the 3B plus that has that on the bottom. Okay. And that might be the one that I actually have because when I bought it, I did not buy the fan. But I bought a case with heat sinks, and I only put on two, but there were three heat sinks that came with it. I'm like, what's this third heat sink for? And then when I started running it, and I'm getting the little thermometer gauge popping up on the screen, warning, Will Robinson, your pie's overheating. Um, I bought the case with the fan, and I put all three heat sinks on my Pi 3, and um, it's running like a champ. And it's on 24-7 now, so and no issues there. Um, uh, do we have any more? Hey, Explorer VR has just joined us. Um, Terry Steen says, uh, I love it on the three. It's a nice update. Yeah. So Terry Steen also asks if there's any use for the, I guess he's asking for the second HDMI output on a Pi 4. That's a good point. I, I know it's there. I have not used it yet. I didn't think there was going to be any benefit because I figured you needed to have X windows on in order to take advantage of it. Though I think, I'm not actually sure if it was uh, Mikey that was able to see there was dual outputs working. Um, but there may be some benefit to that. I, I need to look into it. I have not experimented with it yet. Thank yeah. you. I, I think the Pi 4 with this project is, is a slightly uncharted territory because we know it runs the project. But there's probably a lot of things we could be doing that have not been tried, like dual monitor support, maybe running the X-Windows client so you've got your desktop running. That might be an option. Uh, Ron Klein showing something off there. No, uh, Ron Delvaux. Ron Delvaux. Sorry, Ron. Ron Delvaux <laughs> is showing off. Let me, let me, uh, there's too many Rons here. Hold on one second here. Let me go to gallery view. I will spotlight Ron Delvaux's video. So what are you showing us here, Ron Delvaux? I have a fan uh, just taped over the uh, Pi. Okay. And um, I can put the lid on, and it's much quieter, and it works great. And I have my uh, little heat sinks on, too, and I don't have one for underneath. Okay. So I must have an older one. I don't know. But okay. anyway. And that's in a Cocoa case? Yes. Um, just a Cocoa 2. Okay, Cocoa 2 case with that's basically mm -hmm. been gutted. And what uh, keyboard adapter are you using? Is that Paul Fiscarelli's? 
Correct. Okay. So Paul has a kit that you can get to convert a Coco keyboard to a USB keyboard that you can plug into your pod. What are you doing for, are you doing any type of controllers like joysticks or anything, Ron? I have um, the um, mouse there and then I have a keyboard off to the side for s some of the things that I haven't uh, remapped yet. Okay. I still use that keyboard. Okay. But I have a I have a Coco label on it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So for what uh, it's worth. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Yeah, so you've been using it for a while. You've got a Facebook group for the Coco Pie project, which is linked to on the Coco Pie website now. So uh, as people become aware of this project, I'm hoping that this website will be your one-stop shop on all the updates, the latest images, the links to the documentation, links to the Facebook group, links to accessories. So when um, if Paul Fiscarelli comes up with an accessory, we'll link to it there. If anybody else has got an accessory, like maybe you want to start making 3D printed cases or, or anything else, if there are accoutrements that we can add to the Cocoa Pie project, let, let us know and we can add those to the website. But um, I think one of the questions that came up, and, and, and if somebody, somebody might have been asking themselves, and, and I'll even ask the question too, is uh, did Steve take over this project or has Steve hijacked Cocoa Pie? Uh, I'll give you my two cents and then Ron Klein, since this really is your baby, you can chime in on that. And um, this is one of probably a dozen projects that exist that I feel there are uh, pockets of people who know about them, but I don't think the community at large is quite as aware of them. And in my mind, the best way to uh, point people to something is to have a website, right? So uh, Cocoa Pie was a download page and there were like two or three different download pages you could have gone to. I was hosting one, Rick was hosting one, Simon Jonasson's hosting one. So you can go to a download page and get it and that's fine and that works. But um, as I started getting involved and, and had a lot of questions, I would basically nag the living hell out of Ron Klein for probably a month straight. And um, and I, I think that kind of pushed me getting excited and interested in this. And then I started saying, well, I want to share this excitement. I want to share this with the world, but I want it to be easy for people to uh, get to this information. So I came up with the idea of making the website. So no, I have not taken over the project. I would not know how to do any of this kind of stuff, but I have tried to make a user-friendly front end to the project. Um, and I'm going to try to champion this project because I believe as more and more people enter the community, you're, and we've already seen, it's getting harder to find Cocos on eBay, right? And I'm sure everybody wants a Coco 3 with two megs and a 6309 and a multi-pack interpage and Orchestra 90 and, you know, speech sound cartridge and all these things. <laughs> but to get them all is getting harder to do. So when you don't have the luxury of having real hardware, this is a nice compromise uh, to emulate it in a user-friendly way. So I think this is going to help a lot of people who maybe don't want to spend a ton of money, but still would like to play with Cocos to be able to do it. And so that was my motivation, but to take it over has not been my intention because that's not my intention and that's not where my skills are. Um, anything you want to add to that, Ron? <laughs> well, actually, uh, no, you summarized it very well. I did want to say a few things, though, about the project. Um, obviously, Chris Fox was the one who started all this. <clears throat> but, you know, with the project that I started, um, or at least continued, you know, Rick Adams was the early adopter of it, and he was doing development on it. So he's using a totally different component of this project. He's not really running the emulators. He's doing the development side of it. And I think that's fantastic. And I'm actually... 
very honored that he's writing software using this. I mean, it's, uh, it's kind of a neat thing to see. The other thing I want to add about this project has been the fact that it's allowed me to interact with many of you in the community. I mean, when, when you think about the core components of this project, emulation being one of the biggest, you know, working with folks like Tim Lindner on the main side, working with folks like Karen on the XROR side, um, other things like, uh, you know, Michael Furman with regards to Pi Drivewire and Brett Gordon yep. and everybody else I've worked with. Uh, it's been great interacting with everybody. Everybody's been very uh, helpful to me in getting things set up on the Pi, and uh, I've learned a great deal. I've always thought that this project is something that I really want the community to be involved with. Um, because I enjoy the feedback. If there's something I can do to make it better, I try to do it. But I, I want people to be, um, you know, I want to be clear that even if you're not running it as an emulator, the development side, the fact that it can host files to real color computer equipment, your MC10, things of that nature, and it's very small, fairly inexpensive, it, it's just a great product. So, um, you know, I hope that these videos and, and this type of uh, show will help folks uh, understand the project a little better. And again, you mentioned Discord. I'm pretty easy to get a hold of. Um, so yeah, uh, Steve, I appreciate everything you've done to help promote it. Ah, thanks. Uh, I would like to hear from Mikey and Rick Adams on their use of this too, but we also had a question from Frodo in the live chat wanting to know what the resolution should be. Do you want to answer that question, Ron? Um, yeah. So in going back, and actually I should answer a couple other third talk about a couple other things. So the, the original Raspberry Pi 3 that I set this up on, you guys mentioned it was slightly overclocked. The Raspberry Pi 4 does not require that at all. Um, in order to also get the performance where we needed it with MAME and XROAR, I have forced the resolution to 640 by 480. That's completely different than what a normal native resolution of the Pi would be. I don't know if I can change that for the Raspberry Pi 4. I mean, we can certainly try it and see if it'll run at the 1080 uh, resolution. But for the Raspberry Pi 3, that is 640 by 480, and I'm doing that for performance reasons. Cool. Thanks, Ron. Now, um, I know Mikey, and and so again, we're, we there, we we could spend forty hours talking about the cocoa pie. So I would say let's we're we're about ready to wrap it up. But I do want to hear from maybe one or two more people who are experiencing some of the back end um, parts of this. But again, if you want to find out more, uh, visit us on Discord. And as more information becomes available, that will be added to the cocoa dash pie website um drivewire is able to be run mm -hmm. on the coco pi for both your emulated cocos and your real cocos and i plan on using my pi 4 as my real drivewire server with cables attached to it to run my mc10 the mc server i did a video on that uh pi drivewire on real cocos so as i'm learning these projects and what they can do for me selfishly once once i find that something benefits me personally i get a lot more excited about it and i start using it so um and it becomes the best thing ever it becomes the best thing i've said it forever best thing ever. that's right drivewire <laughs> is amazing it's and you notice i said that nitrous nine is everyone's favorite operating oh, system yeah. uh, so talk to us a little bit about pi drivewire and mc and stuff on on the coco pi mikey Sure. So um, over some of you have heard me on here on the show talk about uh, the official Java DriveWire server. And uh, these days that's getting very hard to run. And also uh, Java is a little bit uh, heavyweight. Um, the, the virtual machine is quite a bit heavier than 
than uh, the Python one. So I don't remember if I approached uh, Ron or Ron approached me one way or the other, but uh, Ron said, hey, can we, do you think we can run uh, PyDriveWire on the CocoaPy? And I said, sure, go right ahead. I would be happy to support anything that you need uh, on there, any features, anything. And you can ask Ron, um, you know, anytime he has a, he has a feature request, I'm always, uh, always right there to talk to him about it and find out, you know, I'm interested in what the use cases are. Sometimes I get them from Ron, ideas from Ron. Sometimes I get them from other people uh, or myself. <laughs> so, um, but I have been really for a long time have been working on PyDriveWire and trying to create features that make it easier to use on specifically on the CocoaPie. And um, one of those features was definitely the uh, web interface. Um, so that you have a way to point your web browser, you know, you run PyDriveWire on your CocoaPie, and then you can just point your web browser to it, and hey, you can you can mount disks on there. So um, there have been a couple of other things, like uh, being able to run in the background in server mode, but basically uh, it's pretty well baked, pretty well baked in there at this point. So I'm still not going to say exactly that. Running uh, PyDriveWire on the CocoaPie is the best or most performant way, but it's definitely well supported by me. And Ron, you know, I don't know if you have any additional comments about the PyDriveWire on the CocoaPie, but those are my unscripted, off the top of my head comments. <laughs> yeah, no, I I'm a big fan of PyDriveWire, as you know, and uh, a Specific, bleh, specifically for all the reasons that you mentioned, especially being lightweight, um, it also allows for a lot of automation. So a lot of the things that we do in the background with the menus, when you when you select certain things to run, um, PyDriveWire is doing all sorts of things in the background to exchange disks, this and that. So it's uh, very, very flexible. And uh, again, it works great with real color computers. I use it with um, Coco 1, 2, 3, MC10, Coco 3 FPGA. I use it with um, David Ladd's RS-232 pack mods. There's a lot of things that PyDriveWire supports. So thank you very much, Michael. Appreciate it. Ron, I got a question. Sure. Hey, uh, the um, new Pi is 4 megabytes of RAM. And then there's a newer one with 8. Is that correct? Yes, actually, the Pi 4, I think there's a 1 or 2 meg model, then there's a 4, which I have, and then there's the 8. Um, I grabbed the 4 just just to get it. I don't think MAME or anything is going to actually use any. It doesn't require anything as high as 4 or 8. Um, but, you know, from a Raspberry Pi perspective, there's so many other things that we're doing with it. Who's to say in the future we're not going to find a way to take advantage of that extra extra memory. I mean, we may even get to a point where we can run X windows on a Raspberry Pi with emulation and still use it more like a desktop if you want it. So that, that may be something the extra memory uh, will add. Is it eight megabytes or is it eight gigabytes of RAM? Eight gig. Right. So the actual gig. Raspberry Pi has got gigabytes of RAM. And um, yeah, when I bought my Pi 4, maybe two weeks ago, 
the four gig model was the latest, greatest, biggest, baddest model. And then, of course, like a week after I bought that, the announcement of the eight <laughs> gig the model has, has come out. Right. So, yeah, um, you know, but that's technology for you. You know, it's it's always going to march forward and, and we all benefit from that. Um, President Rick Adams of uh, RS Corporation, you as <laughs> as um, as uh, Ron Klein has mentioned, you have been an early adopter of using the Raspberry Pi for development purposes. You've showed this off at Cocoa Fest. We've seen your Raspberry Pi demos where you've lit, you've done animated light shows <laughs> across your house. So you're no stranger to the Raspberry Pi. So do you want to just share with us some of the things you're doing with Raspberry Pis and Cocoa stuffs? Sure. Yeah. Um, well, I love the Cocoa Pie 3, uh, or now Cocoa Pie distribution. Uh, I got on super early, and I've got, an, uh, I've got a number of uh, pies here. And the thing I like about it is that everything is there. you got LWASM to assemble with. You've got uh, uh, tool shed tools are there. Uh, drive wire is there. And I'm using it. I'm actually using one of the very first distributions. I'm like about, I'm probably like about five updates behind at this point because it works and I don't want to mess with it. <laughs> now, pretty soon, for, for various reasons that I'll get into uh, soon, uh, I am going to try to go to the newest distribution. Uh, but right now, I'm, I'm using it in a very weird mode. Uh, I'm a very old school guy. I'm a very, uh, uh, this whole, uh, this whole graphic user interface thing, you know, I don't know. The kids love that this, these days, but, uh, uh, I'm a command line guy. And, uh, so the first thing I did when I installed the distribution was I took all that really fancy, uh, menu stuff and I just drove a stake through its heart <laughs> and disabled it. And so when it boots up, I get a, a raw command line, you know, like menus, you know, so uh, <laughs> you mean real better on the command line. It's yep. It was if it was good enough for the Apostle Paul, it's good enough for me. So uh, citation uh, so needed. It, That's okay. Keep going. So it uh, yeah. <laughs> so so it boots up into into a command line, and then uh, I actually am not using Mame. Uh, I was using Mame for a little bit, and it kind of drove me crazy. Uh, and then. Uh, Henry gave me a, uh, I mean, gave me, I went to, to Cocoa Fest and he gave me a, a color computer three. And so I've got that off on the side. So I've got real hardware to run things on. And I, uh, I use VI as a text editor, uh, otherwise known as VIM. Uh, and that's a, a really old school text editor that, you know, people nowadays, I wouldn't recommend you use it. But it's the one that I'm familiar with because, you know, I, I started using Unix back in the day, back when dinosaurs roamed the earth. And uh, that was the only text editor in town. Now they got all kinds of cool new ones that are supposedly lots better, but I have no idea how to run those. I run this old thing. So if you were a guy starting up today, I don't know if I would tell you, oh, use Vim. It's great. Well, it is great for me, but that's just because I know it like the back of my hand. So I got that. And then I've got the make utility. And I've got everything all jimmied so that I can edit my uh, source files with VI, and I can type make, and I can build copies of uh, Bomb Threat or Temple of Ram 2 or whatever, OmniStar, whatever I'm working on. And then that gets mounted on a drive on the actual Color Computer 3. 
uh, via drive wire. And then I just rotate about 30 degrees to my right and I start messing around with the actual hardware and run what I just built and see what kind of bugs I've created today. <laughs> uh, so uh, I'm really in an old school mode and it's kind of a weird mode, but I love it. And everything I need is on this distribution. I mean, everything plus more. It's like thousands of games and, you know, and uh, 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 OS 9 and, and everything. So I've got actually over on, uh, I've got a Cocoa SDC, of course, over on my uh, Color Computer 3. And that's running a, a basic program that I wrote that's just sort of a kiosk of, you know, uh, one, two, three, four, five. It's like, do you want to boot OS 9? Do you want to run Omnistar? Do you want to run Temple of Rom 2? Do you want to run Bomb Threat? You know, what do you want to do today? And so I go on the uh, Cocoa Pie machine, type make, it makes it, you know, it builds uh, whatever I'm working on with the latest source in like a second. Boom, it's just done. And I turn over and I type three to start up uh, Omnistar over on the uh, color computer uh, terminal. And then all my games I've got jimmied to, um, uh, if you hit uh, the, the escape key or the break key, the red key over there, uh, then it goes back to the kiosk program. So I'm just like, it's just back and forth uh, development cycle real quick. It's like type, type in some source, type in some bug fixes, remit, you know, rebuild it, test it out, type in some bug fixes. And yeah, it's just, it's really fast. It's, uh, it's a lot different than the old days with uh, three 20-minute uh, cassette uh, tapes <laughs> and uh, reading those in, 20 minutes to read it in and then fiddle with some bug fixes and then 20 minutes to write it out with your fingers crossed. Uh, so lately, uh, I, I, I told Steve I had like an update, but actually the update actually tends to be sort of Cocoa Pie related, so I'm going to fold it in right now. Okay. Uh, my, uh, my youngest son, not Joel, but Tim, uh, lives in an apartment in the same town that we're in and the apartment below his burned up and there's a lot of fire damage to his floor of his apartment. So, uh, he's going to need to move into my house for about a month. And, uh, that means that he's moving into the workshop where I have all my color computer setups, uh, down there. So I'm, there's not a lot of room in the rest of the house for setting stuff like that up. So, uh, I'm going to have to really work on how to get it set up. I may not have a color computer set up for a while. So I may be uh, just, uh, I'll have my Cocoa Pie set up and that's it. No real hardware. So we'll see how that goes. But I'm going to use this opportunity to, since, I mean, there's always room for Cocoa Pie. Uh, <laughs> it's like Jello. There's always, always room for, for Jello and for, for Cocoa Jell Pie. Um. So I'm going to try setting up the, the latest distribution. And, of course, the first thing I'm going to do is to disable all the menus because you know, I'm, I'm a killjoy like that. Uh, I will check them out first, though, because I want to see what the attract mode looks like. That sounds pretty interesting. Um, and then, uh, you know, try to uh, – uh, the only work that I've got to do right now is finishing up. Uh, I've got uh, Temple of Rom 2 done. Uh, I'm going to try to finish up uh, Omnistar. Uh, I'm so close to the end of that. Uh, but also, the next thing I want to do 
uh, is I want to do some sort of demos for semi-graphics modes. Because I could never do that back in the day because you can't sell Tandy a, a semi-graphics game because that's just too, you know, it's just not lead enough for them. Uh, so you'd never be able to sell a game like that. So I never got to play with semi-graphics mode. So I'm going to do that uh, on my Cocoa Pie and experiment around with that. And I'm going to invite, you know, everybody online to look over my shoulders as I'm doing it. Pretty similar to how I did Temple of Rom 2. And uh, we're just going to have some fun with that. I'm not going to do any like a game at first. I might do a semi-graphics game, uh, but I'm going to, you know, just I'm just going to play around with it and see what you can what you can do with it. And it sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. So that's it for me. Excellent. Well, that thanks. sounds cool. Thanks for sharing that. Uh, anybody else want to chime in on Raspberry Pi stuff in general before we move to a commercial break in, in our next segment? Anyone? Anyone? Okay, we'll take the awkward silence as a no. Uh, thank you, Rick Adams. Thank you as big, big thanks to Ron Klein for for bringing this project and you know uh, to the public and, and definitely to Michael Furman for Drive Pi Drivewire and the MC server. And and um, dare I even say thank you, L. Curtis Boyle for Nitrous Nine Ease of Use, but you didn't hear me <laughs> say that. Um, and all right, so we are going to take a commercial break, and then when we will come back, we're going to come back with everyone's favorite part of the show, the Game On segment. Oh, is that Jason Reichert holding up a Raspberry Pi in the case? It is looking good. It quite- is. I, I found my Pi in the case, and it was attached to this uh, adapter to hook in an NES, a real NES controller to USB. Oh, Excellent, excellent. Actually, Stevie, I know you can you couldn't say this yourself, but I want to say thank you for when you discover these things like Raspberry Pi and that you take the time to create videos and uh, help others uh, learn from your from your experiences. So thank you very much. For oh, you're that. welcome. It looks like Ron Klein is holding up there. I mean, was that a Klingon bird of prey? Oh, okay, so that's a, it's, it's his, uh, his controller. Um, yeah, and the, and the nice thing about the Raspberry Pi is that it's USB, it is Bluetooth, so you can connect a, a variety of keyboard, mice, and gamepads to it through USB or, or wireless adapters, Bluetooth adapters. That's a cool-looking controller there, Ron. I like that one. This is a Sidewinder from 1999. Oh, wow. Old Microsoft <laughs> Sidewinder, six-button yeah. controller. All right. Yep. That's pretty cool. And um, thanks for that, uh, Nick Morota. Remind me to... Um, to keep you on my friends list for another day. That was nice of you to say. <laughs> um, yeah, and so, yeah, my motivations, I'm not going to lie about it. I am completely selfishly motivated. The minute something becomes of a benefit to me, I become personally vested in it, and then I'm just a completely overzealous person that once I've discovered something, Rick Eulens holding up a pie with a breadboard and all kinds of stuff there. Once I become interested in something, then it's just the second thing I do after I learn about something, I'm so excited, I, I got to make a video. So um, I have been trying to make these tutorial videos very concise and very to the point and, and cover things in the least amount of time as possible. And hopefully um, I've been somewhat successful in that area with uh, all these different things on MAME and whatnot. So thanks for that. And as I learn more things, I'll continue to do more things. There's things on the horizon. I've got a lot more 
um, MC10 stuff to show as I learn more about the MC server and things like that. So the more things I learn, the more excited I get, the more videos I'll be shoving down your throats. So, um, and thanks everybody for being here uh, who's watching us live. The questions continue to come in. So Frodo has mentioned he was able to get it to work on his 7-inch LCD screen at the 720p resolution. So I think the question is, can the Pi run it at higher resolutions? The Pi 4 seemingly can. And that's another thing. There's all kinds kinds of uh, accessories for the Raspberry Pi. There, there are all kinds of cases with touch screens where you can have the Pi behind the case and work it from a from a touch interface. There, there's, there's tons of ways you can accessorize your, um, your Raspberry Pi. So thank you all for, for joining us today. We have just begun the show. We're only an hour into this four-hour joyride. So we'll be back after these words. Now if I can just find what the hell I'm looking for. Here we go. Let's take a look at who's new to the color computer world map this week. Hailing from Council Bluffs, Iowa, let's give a warm welcome to Kevin Holloway. Kevin lets us know that he's got a Coco 2 with extended basic that he upgraded to 64k of RAM. Welcome to the Coco map, Kevin. To view the Coco map, visit map.cocotalk.live. To have yourself added, send an email to cocotalk at cocotalk.live and we'll see you on the Coco World Map. It's time for everyone's favorite segment, Who's New to Discord This Week? Please welcome our newest member, Frank Rodolph, a.k.a. Frodo or Frodo NL, from the Netherlands. He joins us by way of the Coco Show. Thanks, amigos. Also, a very special thanks to David Ladd, Rob Inman, Alpen Grace, Paul Fiscarelli, Terry Steggy, and our patrons for boosting the server. Welcome to Discord, Frank. To join us on Discord, go to discord.cocotalk.live, and we'll see you on Discord, everyone. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hi, I'm Bruce Moore, and this is... Jacob Ward, gotcha. And we are the Forest of Doom guys, and the Coco Forever guys, and we are Coco Fest, and we love Stevie Strobe. Imagine a different world. A world where Tandy Corporation has the upper hand. Where the Coco surpassed all competitors. And all you have to do is travel back in time without making a single mistake. Coco forever. How does it definitely earn this office. Yes, you're too kind, and thank you. You want to grab some food before we head back and look at that alt-reality OS9 module? <laughs> it's only a 40 years past due, but yeah, sure. How does it feel? I'm still What's going on, everybody? Stevie Stroh. And I want to say thank you for continuing to watch and listen to Coco Talk. We love doing this show. We think we put together a pretty good show for you. But this show could be better. 
with your help. So if you would like to send a feedback, a comment, a suggestion, a show topic, or maybe even your own little segment or bumper, then send it to us via email to cocotalk at cocotalk.live. This show would be nothing without you. Love to hear from you. Shack TRS-80 put the world of color computing into your home. Instant loading program packs turn any color TV into an exciting game arcade. And there's more. The color computer is an educational aid, a home management tool, and up-to-the-minute electronic information service. The programmable, expandable TRS-80 color computer from $399 only at Radio Shack, the biggest name in little computers. Hi everybody, this is Siri, Apple's personal assistant and beatbox professional. You're watching Coco Talk with the original gamer, Stevie Stroh. Alright, I'm not sure who that guy was who claimed to be Stevie Stroh asking you to send feedback because that guy had a full head of hair. As everybody knows, I've said this a million times that being bald is the most excellent, amazing, incredible way to wear your hair. Uh, hair has been overrated. Um, uh, David Ladd's hairstyle has been an inspiration to me for, for generations. Um, so listen, guys, this is what you got to do. You got to go bald you or go David home. have David Ladd the beverage and David I, Ladd I, that the is haircut. It. That is it. I've been nah. saying that for years, that hair is completely overrated. Um, so anyways, we are back on everyone's favorite Coco Talk show called Coco Talk, and we're about ready to do everyone's favorite segment of the show, the one that we call the Game On segment. So Nick Morota, are you ready? I am. All right, so here we go. I believe we are going to kick things off with everyone's favorite part of the show, Coco Thoughts from Samuel Geim. So we're going to kick it off with a little Coco Thoughts. We're going to get right into the high score game challenge and results. Fasten your seatbelts, kids. And now, Coco Thoughts by Samuel Gimes. I thought Lunar Rover Patrol included a canine unit. High score challenge with All right, everybody. Welcome to the Game On Challenge results. And uh, yeah, we had another amazing week this week. I couldn't believe it. We actually broke a record. And as you'll see, we had 31 results this week. So coming in at 31, uh, so we had Ben VR Drake, 36.50, John at 5,000, Adam Tandy Dragon at 69.50, Mr. Dave at 75.50, Alpin Grice at 8,600, R. Allen Murphy at 9,300, Mikey at 11,000, Joshua at 13,000, Flutterball at 14,200, Coco Man at 15,550, Jared Mobley at 15,600, Tandy Color Computer, who's Rob Inman at 16,750, Paul Shoemaker at 17,750, Mark B at 1850, Ken Reichardt at 18,009, Cat Lord at 19,650, G-W-O-B-C-K-E at 21,200. That rolls off my tongue. Red Beard at 22,500. Tom C at 22,750. 
Canadian Retro Things at 22900 The Devil Bunny, Aaron, at 22950 Just Mike at 24750 Me at 25500 David Ladd at 31250 Frodo NL at 32050 OG Stevie Stroh at 34650 Paul Fiscarelli at 36500 David Croker at 48200 Diego at 48600 L. Curtis Boyle at 563 And the number one score, believe it or not, how could this be? It is... Buck Owens Ooh, at 62150. I mean, All right, Buck, way to go. Did you get verification? Yeah, go really ahead. Coco Talk salutes Buck Owens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like when Buck wins. I like that. I like that bumper. <laughs> so congratulations, oh. Buck, on another stellar performance. And uh, yeah, what the so Buck. <laughs> what the Buck? Yes. Uh, so go, go ahead. ahead. No, you go ahead. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and take control of the screen, and we'll talk about... Uh, Do we want to talk about Samuel Gimes' latest entry? Because I know last week was a tough act to follow. <laughs> I was impressed that he actually had something to talk about. I didn't think he was going to be able to do it. I was like, this game's not going to inspire any thoughts. But yeah. no, he, uh, he surprised me. There we go. Thank I don't you, think Sam. there's any Monty Python songs about the moon. <laughs> We missed a honeymooners opportunity here, though, right? To the moon, Alice. <laughs> Bang, zoom. Uh, all right. Did so I see in my screen? You have, no, not yet, but you have the ability to share. Oh, yes. I keep forgetting to click this blue button. Okay, so this was sent in by Buck Owens. This was a score from back in the day in Rainbow, 154,650. Insane. And I never verified this, but apparently Luna Rover Patrol did support the uh, speech sound pack. So that was something I did not uh, didn't actually try myself. Oh, so uh, yeah. So anyway, what'd you guys think of the game? We had a lot of good uh, we had a lot of good uh, turnout this week. And, and, and it didn't need music because the music goes through your head anyway. Yeah, yeah. We're watching. Is this Ben Drake's video right now? Explore this is video? Ben Drake's playing. Yeah. Okay. On VCC, I think, right? Because the com- composite color palette there. Yeah. Uh, I was utterly impressed with uh, the amount of people that uh, were chiming in on Discord this week with the screenshots. And uh, Joshua, thanks for playing. I think it's great that David's got his family playing. It's great yes. that we had 31 people playing this week. But when you've got a household of people who are um, playing on the Coco together... That's really cool, right? Because the whole idea behind this is just to get people to pick up and play. Play your Coco, get involved, be engaged, and and send a picture. Um, and so thanks, David, for doing that and having your, your kids play, too. Good job, Joshua. I'd love uh, to know how old that. Joshua is, but it's great to show them the games that we grew up on, which were you know, a lot simpler, but uh, in many ways, uh, very fun. Yeah, uh, in, in different ways when we were from. Yeah, and and the honestly, it was we're looking at the colors here. This doesn't look terrible, right? So the gray, the gray color for the moon actually looks correct. <laughs> yeah, way, actually, it's not know? bad. So um, yeah, there were there were a number of um, of Coco Three palette modifications uh, depending on the version you ran and and how you wanted to modify this yourself. But yeah, this is this game is just screaming to have its colors. 
manipulated to suit your fancy. And, Many um, people use Nick Morenti's uh, palette hacked, uh, RGB yeah. palette hacked version, which is really nice too. Yep. And I enjoyed playing it. I and I pulled out a Hail Mary last night. I, I could not get past those rolling boulders for a while. I just could not get the shots to hit the small rocks that were rolling. And I kept dying and trying to jump and land on stuff. I was getting very frustrated. And at the last minute, we're at 10 o'clock last night, I'm like, we got an hour left before the cutoff. And I'm playing it. And I finally got in a groove where I could get past the boulders. I almost made it to the finish line. Almost made it to checkpoint Z. Um, obviously, this game will roll over when you make it all the way to the end. It goes from the beginner course to the advanced course, and then or the expert course, and then that. Yeah, keeps we had a couple flipping. people who went to the. We had a couple people. I'll switch tabs. We had a couple people who went to the uh, expert level. Okay, somewhere. One of them. Somewhere on the moon Here's is a large lines. crater filled with those tires. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cheer- Cheerios is uh, as Coco Man kept calling them. Yeah, the Cheerio tires. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, these games yeah, with the really the badly built machines, like air- badly built airplanes and things, it's like, come on, man, put some money into your materials. Okay, David says that uh, Josh and, and him had a great time playing together. He is seven. And he wants oh, me to get a Coco. That's really impressive to be seven years old and to be kicking butt in Coco games like that. Good job, Josh. So here we go. This is the boulder part. This is what was kicking my butt right here. Um, and he seems to be getting them all. I, I had a hard time shooting the small boulders. I just couldn't get them to hit. Okay, he got one but had to jump over the second one. And, and yeah, that <laughs> spot right there that he just passed, I spent a week dying repeatedly at that boulder spot there and that was really holding me up um good job buck owens uh i'm gonna be completely honest i know we say this we say we just want you to participate and that is true 100 we do want people to participate so the score isn't everything but screw anybody who does better than me screw you curtis boyle <laughs> <laughs> oh man you know are, are we gonna go to uh paul fiscarelli now there is I no found this video of this old loser from a couple years ago what a loser how far did i get in this one <laughs> Fast forward to where I... How far did I get in this oh, game? Oh, this, this is was one a, of those uh, pre-level two games. Pre-level two games? Did I... How far? What what checkpoint did I make it to? Now you might have to back up just some... I almost made it to pe- checkpoint uh, jag off there. Okay. So, um, yeah. So, yeah. Fun game. This game, there's a, and matter of fact, Ron and I just stumbled across that other game called Rover that I thought was Lunar Virtual. There's a bunch of clones, right? So there is Moon Hopper, there's Desert, there's something else, Desert Hopper, or something else that's basically Moon Hopper on dirt. And then we just found the other one that was called, what, Sand Rover or something like that. Yeah, that, that looked so, kind of neat, actually. Um, it was going the other direction, though. Which right? I haven't seen, but of the Moon Hopper and the other Desert Hopper, whatever the hell it was called, um, they, to me, do not capture the arcade the way this one does. This one no, captures this all of the elements of the arcade, um, including um, the fact that you have the thing, the, the, the missiles that come out behind you. And when you get to the expert mode where you first start off, you got a ship coming in behind you and you have to jump over it or it's going to hit you in a tailpipe. Um, the explosions, the music. Yeah, Moon Patrol, Desert Patrol, Lunar Rover Patrol, Sand Rover, and a couple others is what Cur- Curtis is saying. But since I haven't tried that new Sand Rover... I can't speak to how well it reproduces the arcade pieces, but this one here is pretty much a spot-on uh, port of the game. 
does a really, yeah. really fantastic job. It's very fun, very playable, and, and frustrating, too. So what controllers do people find they like to use with this one? I was using the Sega knockoff controller with this with this game. Anybody else? Yeah, I was using the, the Sega, Sega controller mostly on the uh, Cocoa Pie 4. Mm -hmm. PlayStation do controller with a D-pad. Just pick it out of analog mode. I was just using a deluxe joystick. Deluxe joystick. I think when I was playing it on hardware last week when we did this Sunday night, I think I might have been using a Sega Joypad, but last night when I was playing in the living room on the Cocoa Pie, I was just using a Xbox 360 wireless controller, and that seemed to work fine. Yeah. Uh, Frodo said he used the 8-bit dough, which was like a Super Nintendo-type uh, controller. I think David Ladd uses that one, too. 8-bit dough looks like a SNES controller, but it's got analog thumbsticks, and it's a Bluetooth. Um, very cool. Uh, David Croker says Josh is looking forward to Color Car Action being the game of the week. Me too. <laughs> oh, that will be there. That, okay. That's definitely going to be in there at some point for sure. It's a great game. Curtis Boyle says he is playing on the deluxe joysticks. Ken Reichard says deluxe joysticks. So, um, this one seemed to favor just about any style of controller. It wasn't too rigid where you could use a digital or an analog. They all seemed to work from what I could tell. Yeah, it's a fun game. It really is. I, I really had a, a lot of fun with this one. Yeah. And then I was very, uh, very happy to see the uh, response from the community that you guys seem to enjoy it too. So. What was the total headcount? 31 players? 31. That's yeah. the record. Yeah. So this. We had uh, a couple new ones this week. Frodo was new. GWBOCKE or whatever that was was new. Right. Uh, so yeah, very thank you. Welcome to the new, the new submissions. And uh, yeah, Joshua, our. our, our so, yeah. yeah, great it's, week. It's not a competition, but if you are competitive, you can make it one. It's really more in the spirit of just getting people together and having this shared experience throughout the week and celebrating that a week later. And and it's been a huge success. I want to thank Mr. Dave for suggesting this. And, you know, in my little commercial break, one of the things I mentioned was if you've got a suggestion for the show, let us know, right? And so this was Mr. Dave's suggestion to do this. And this has been a hit. How many weeks have we been doing this now? I think this is what's our 17th week. 17th, 17 weeks. And it's continuing to grow. So it's been a lot of fun. So um, there are a lot of things you can do with your Coco. One of my favorite ones is to play games. And uh, if you like playing Coco games, join us, right? Look at that. I even had a commercial for the Coco Crew podcast in my video, and they're in the news, so we'll be talking about them. Uh, so thanks to Mr. Nick Moroda, Nick Moroda, Nick Moroda for everything he's doing every week on this, too, because of the keeping up with the scores and the Discord and things like that. Well, thank you. I enjoy it. It's a lot of fun. All right. Make sure you give that video a dislike while you're hovering over that thumbs down button there. So. <laughs> <laughs> Who is this young strapping gentleman in Sector uh, 7G? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, are we uh, done with this? Uh, have we Anybody else have any, uh, anything you want to add to your Lunar Rover Patrol experience? No? Okay. All right. So, I guess uh, the time has come to reveal next week's game. Uh, so I wanted to shake up the genres a little bit and also do one, a game that was uh, a little unique to the Coco. So next week's game will be, let's see if you can identify, identify this one from the, uh, 
Anybody recognize Ooh, that? This is Intracolor Candy Company. That's right. Candy, Candy Company. Company. Candy Company. It's got this has got very clear digitized speech when the game first launches, like a female's voice. It's like Candy Company. Right. So. That's right. And we'll start from the beginning level. Uh, it does start off rather easy, but I, I rather than say, you know, oh, did you start in level three or whatever? We'll just start from the beginning. Um, so yeah, Candy Company will be uh, this week's game, and uh, hopefully Joshua likes it, and uh, hopefully everybody else likes it too. Talk so about thanks. platform. You know, we talk about platformers as a game genre. This game literally is based on moving platforms. So if this isn't a platformer, I don't know what is. So basically, you want to collect in this level their jelly beads. You want to avoid the cherry bomb. Uh, if you touch the girl, she'll start moving around and collect points for you. Oh, wow. Now, is that uh, so, inappropriate? Are we getting consent before we touch the girl? We want to make yes, sure that, uh, that we're not doing the hashtag Me Too movement here. So, um, <laughs> and so you're basically moving from the horizontal to the vertical conveyors and, and collecting the jelly beans and whatnot. And uh, and it gets harder and harder. And the, level, the levels, platforms start shrinking and expanding. And it gets, is that you know, Boris from Rocky and Bullwinkle up there? It looks like an evil D-bag in a trench coat. Is he our antagonist? Yes, he's one of the antagonists. Okay. And there's also Toffee that goes around later that doesn't kill you, just makes you um, momentarily free, momentarily not able to move. So uh, yeah, it's, a fun, it's a fun game. And I hope you guys enjoy it too. I don't okay. think Duck does anything. Um, Hopefully it's on the Coco Pie image. I'm going to have to try that out. It's definitely on the uh, standard SDC image okay. and uh, elsewhere. So, Okay. All right, guys. So hopefully have you have fun with this one and uh, look forward to uh, bringing you the results again next week. Thanks Excellent. again for a fantastic, for supporting the segment. All right. Well, thank you, Nick Moroda, because, yeah, there's a, there's a fair amount of work you have to do throughout the week to stay on top of all these submissions and then put together that results video, which we spared no expense there whatsoever. Um, that. Yeah. That was, that, was, that, was, that was basic programming. Yeah. And, again, I want to just um, – Number one, uh, Frodo is here because the Amigos Retro Gaming uh, shouted out Coco Talk. So I want to say thank you to the Amigos guys. And I definitely want to say thank you to the best six minutes of my life when I listened to Boat just piss all over uh, all these douchebags in these other communities. That was great. I'm going to, I think we should, pr- I need to make that the intro to our show from now on. Um, but, um, yeah, so I want to say thanks to the Amiga Retro Gaming. We're we're so glad you guys came into the community, and I know you're just taking a break, and so this is not goodbye. But you guys are welcome on the show. You can just come in and talk about stuff. And I want to say thanks. I think that relationship we formed, how we've been cross-pollinating them, um, you know, when they had a game that they were going to release on a Coco um, show podcast, we tried to make that our game of the week, too. So we've tried to develop these synergies and this harmony, and that I think fun. it worked out really well. And you guys are great additions to the community. And we're glad that um, people who've been watching your show who maybe weren't as aware of the Coco have become aware of the Coco, thanks to you guys. And it's just making our community stronger and getting more people involved. And, and that's really, at the end of the day, that's all we care about. The more people who can realize how awesome the Coco is and enjoy the Coco in some way, shape, or form, the better the world is when you really think about it. Um, 
Although I'm still waiting to hear what their final verdict on buzzard bait versus justice. No, we all know the answer to that. So uh, <laughs> Pegasus and the Phantom Riders. So, of course. Uh, there we go. There we go. The, the debate has been settled. The okay, dark horse winner. So we are going to run another commercial break, and then we're going to come back with news. Now, L. Curtis Boyle could not be with us here in person, but he's here with us in spirit. He has procured the news for us this week. So uh, my backup engineer, Mark Bosley, will be helping me uh, show the tabs of the different articles that we're going to be discussing. Um, I will be reading off from Curtis's notes and um, all that good stuff. So we'll be back after these words with news from, uh, from around the world. And since I kind of screwed up with my video at the beginning, we're going to run Who's New to get Discord again this week. So um, our good friend, uh, Frodo can have his name and lights done properly. So we'll be back at two for ones. one this week. That's right. It's time for everyone's favorite segment. Who's new to discord this week. Please welcome our newest member, Frank Rodolph, AKA Frodo or Frodo NL from the Netherlands. He joins us by way of the Coco show. Thanks amigos. Also a very special thanks to David Ladd, Rob Inman, Alpen Grace, Paul Fiscarelli, Terry Steggy, and our patrons for boosting the server. Welcome to Discord, Frank. To join us on Discord, go to discord.cocotalk.live, and we'll see you on Discord, everyone. Hi, this is Eddie Zerbinski from beautiful Quebec City. Vous écoutez Coco Talk. As you're enjoying Coco Talk, we also want to remind you about the Coco Discord server. This is a place where people come to connect, to ask questions, to provide answers, to share information, and to socialize. So when you're done, why don't you head on over to the Coco Discord server and we'll continue the conversation there. The easy to remember link is discord.cocotalk.live. See you on Discord. Coco123 is the Glenside Color Computer Club community newsletter that's been in publication since 1985. While the Rainbow Magazine may be gone, it doesn't mean you still can't have a cool Coco periodical. Head on over to the Glenside Color Computer website at glensideccc.com and then click on the Documents link to view all the past issues of the Coco123 newsletter. Not only can you read all of the past and present issues, we'd also love to hear some submissions from you. So if you'd like to send an article, a column, uh, something to talk about, maybe even a program listing, send an email to glensideccc at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. The Coco World Map is a cool community resource where you can view coconuts from around the world. Head on over to map.cocotalk.live and see where your fellow coconutians happen to be living on the planet Earth. If you would like to submit yourself to be on the Coco Map, send an email to cocotalk at cocotalk.live and we look forward to seeing you on the Coco Map. Hey guys, it's Stevie Stroh, and if you've been watching Coco Talk for a while, hopefully you understand that everyone is welcome to join this show. You don't need an impressive resume to get on. You just need to enjoy the Coco 
and be willing to talk about it. There is no wrong way to Coco. There is no wrong way to be a fan of the Coco. There's no wrong way to be on Coco Talk. You just have to want to talk Coco. So if you would like to join us, then reach out to us on our Discord server, which is discord.cocotalk.live, or send an email to cocotalk at cocotalk.live, and let's get you on the show, and let's talk about the Coco. Hi, I'm Tim, and you're watching Coco Talk Live. And I'm playing Daggereth online like that idiot from the book. Right, can you can you dial back on the condescension there as you respond there? All right, and we are back. Before we get into regular news, we're going to go ahead and wrap up the Game On segment with some gaming news. Uh, so, Mark Bosley, if you could kindly share your screen and show the links of what we need to cover. We will do that. Okay. Okay. So um, we have, uh, this is a new, new to Curtis. We, he's discovered a new person on YouTube. His name is Retrotective. And he started releasing some Coco games. Um, and he also does other platforms. But the two Coco games he released this week are Androne, which is a Coco cartridge, and Air Attack. So I don't know if you want to just maybe show a clip of these videos here real quick. And there's Androne. And it looks like he's playing on real hardware with a uh, flat screen TV connected to his Coco. Androne with is an interesting game. Yeah. Oh, he's got the yellow stripe problem. Yeah, look at that. I'll just... Uh... Yeah. Forwarded here. Uh, and thank you, Jason, the Coco Man, for posting the links. Um, so if you're watching live, you'll see the links to these. The links are also in the description of this. So when you replay this video later, the links to these will be available. And it'll be there for the podcast as well. Androne is an interesting 3D maze thing where you've got to shoot bad guys and find the exit and then elevator through multiple levels. I think I did a video on this not too, too long ago, maybe a year or so ago. Um Neat game, neat sound effects. Good effects when you get hit. Yeah, good screen jitter, things like that. Um, yeah, there's a bad. Is that the exit? I don't remember what that is, but that's something you got to shoot, right? Yeah. Dead end. Okay, so it's a cool game. It's a Radio Shack cartridge. It's probably on the archive. Uh, matter of fact, it was. I showed it off on the Cocoa Pie today. Uh, cool. So what's his other one that he's showing off there? The other one is called Air Attack, and I don't recognize the name. Uh, let me get rid of the other one here. It's okay. Okay. Okay, this is in my favorite color set here. Okay, so this looks like a scramble style game. What a beautiful palette. Yes. A Puyen puke palette? Yeah, the neon vomit palette set. Uh, very traditional Coco sounds. That's the Coco? That's the Coco. That's Pima. That's the Puyan palette set. Yeah, but the sound effects sound completely bizarre. Uh, it's probably there. Yeah, it's probably getting distorted because it's being picked up through a microphone through oh, okay. a TV speaker. In other words, it's being an acoustically enhanced. There we go. For your protection. Which this show could use a little bit. Um, this, this show could use anything, you know, anything. I think that's called mute. Yeah. Neon Vomit Palette, very popular in the 80s, Jay Remy says. All right, go ahead and pause that because the sound's killing me. Um, all right, I'm actually not familiar with that game, Air Attack, but it looks, it looks like a scramble-style game. 
Um, so that's probably worth checking out. A palette uh, fix, especially with palette fix. Um, very cool. Um, next up on the gaming news is the Amigos has released their final episode of the Coco Show on Wednesday. It's featuring battle stations by NovaSoft. This uh, includes their thoughts on the Coco community. And also the winner of the Gunstar giveaway, because that's one of the things they asked is if you like our show or if you like our podcast on iTunes and write a review, we're going to give away a physical copy of Nick Morenti's Gunstar. So um, we did talk about this a little bit last week. So why don't we fast forward to who won Gunstar? It's going to be a couple minutes before the end. You'll still see the Battle Stations logo. Okay, that's fine. Battle Stations was a very cool game. Smooth. Uh, Using the cassette relay hardware to simulate a teletype was genius. Some enhanced diversions and other games that Nick did. Just a great game. Amigo Aaron at mail.com. You can also uh, email, uh, you can also email ARG presents at mail.com. Either one, whichever one's easier for you to remember. And I will send this out to you anywhere you're at in the world. I don't know. Did you, did you remember what I country believe he was, was from in, the United Bo? States. So I need to back it up some. No, I should that's be. No, that's, that's, that's yeah, back up a little bit. I want you break for me. But uh, if that's you, uh, contact us. We've, we've been running a contest to win a, a, a copy of uh, Gunstar, the Battle for Earth, which is a brilliant Coco 3 game. Uh, uh, Nick Marente's, uh put this thing out it's a, it's a few months out off door this is a beautiful cd version boat that has uh extra goodies on here uh and enhanced versions and other games that nick did just a great game uh which i thoroughly endorse i thought it was a tremendous game as far as the coco goes this is at the top of the uh, tier when it comes to shmups uh, and we were going to give this away to uh, people that were nice enough to leave us a uh, iTunes review uh, on any of their country's various iTunes uh, stores. And we got we got some tunes reviews in, and we we before the show we picked a winner. We did. Uh, and I'm hoping I'm pronouncing this right. And you tell me if I'm not. The the winner we selected here randomly was Drincore. Here it is. So if Trent that's you, that's David Ladd. David Ladd. <laughs> it is. <laughs> All right. You, hey. can, you can pause that now. Okay. Well, you, can, okay. you can email me. That. I'm so excited for my everybody excited. Gun star. <laughs> 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 uh, so that is funny. Completely random. Uh, David Ladd won the copy. That's cool. And that was cool of them to do to, to do a giveaway. Uh, we like those guys. We interviewed them. I know a lot of you have been watching their live streams and, and watching their shows and listening to their shows. And as far as I'm concerned, there can't be enough Coco content out there. And so these guys were a great addition. We're glad to have you in the community, part of the family. Uh, nice got, feedback on yeah. Gunstar as well. Yeah. Yeah. Godspeed to you guys. Thanks for helping bring people to the community that didn't know about the Coco. Um, so that is awesome. Uh, who else? Geiger Punk. So Geiger Punk, Geiger Punk is the guy with the lava lamp and the cool round TV and all that kind of stuff. So he's got one that's called Cuthbert in the Mines on the Dragon 32. So let's check out uh, what Geiger Punk's up to this Cuthbert's week. Cuthbert's like Mario. Cuthbert is uh, very big. He's very popular. Uh... Oh, turn that down a little bit. Uh, yeah, as you can see, this is Cuthbert in the Mine. Uh, mm. It doesn't look like a particularly safe mine, does it? Anyway, no. <laughs> <laughs> demons firing fireballs. 
pits of flames and those minecarts, there's an awful lot of them and they don't appear to be going anywhere useful. <laughs> um, yeah, Much like this show. The top. Yeah, okay. Well, let's press fire. Uh, easy, please. Oh yeah, that looks easy. So where do you uh, go? Right. Well, well, I've tried moving left and right. J for joystick. Fire's not doing it. Oh, right, there we go. Now. Oh, you have to jump up. Oh. Okay, and as you... Oh, so it's kind of like going up the levels, but you can't get hit by the car, so you have to go in between cars. All right, I get it. Uh, so it, it's a jump. puzzle. It's a little ah. bit of a puzzle there. Wow. Almost Ouch. like Frogger. Oh, <laughs> my God. Yeah, kind of Frogger-ish, right? What an oh. evil freaking game. I, th I thought the Brits were, were friendly, peaceful people. I thought they were nice people. This is evil. <laughs> wow. Oh, and you, yeah, if you get touched, it knocks you down a level. And if you get down all the way to the bottom, you fall in the fire and die. So that's motivation to not get hit by the minecart. And I guess you have to get through that hole up top wow. to make your way to the trees. Is that uh, that's the surface? Okay. This is the easy level, remember. Oh, ah. my God. Evil game. Cuthbert in the mines. Oh, he says make sure you fast forward to him playing in the impossible level. Oh. Let's just see if he can make it to the top here. Coming soon to the oh, game on jump. challenge. Okay. Not jump. jump, jump. Oh, he missed it. Jump. Curse you. Oh, man. Curse you. Curse you. Oh, my God. <laughs> He's getting screwed by these carts. Uh, it's like watching a Stevie video. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, you. He was so close. <laughs> uh, he dead, what do you say we not do this one on the uh, game of the week? <laughs> and this is with no fireballs. Oh, my God. He's not even having fireballs thrown at him. You know, I, I'm gleaning from the Cuthbert games. The, 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 the term frustration. I'm going to try See, because he's British, even when he's mad, he sounds very dignified and respectable. All right, I'm going to try the impossible level. Uh, yes. I shall be having a firm word with the author of this game. <laughs> <laughs> can we, can we? Can... No, go ahead. Okay. okay, so let's try and move it to moderate. Okay. Okay, so yeah, yeah let's look moderate. for another tech screen and see what, okay. I wonder. Let's let's go on. Let's ramp it all the way up to impossible. <laughs> okay, this is impossible. Holy cow. Look how many minecarts there are and how oh, fast geez. they are. Yeah, maybe we'll just stay here and, and admire the lake of fire. <laughs> 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 a beautiful lake. Admire the lake of fire. Oh my god. How about we just take the ladder? Yeah, off the ladder. Maybe you can hit him with a minecart. I, I think we should just enjoy enjoy the pretty flames. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right, go ahead and pause that. That's good. Okay. Uh, so that's Geiger Punk. He, I love his commentary. He's uh, he's classic, and he's showing us a lot of cool dragon games that we might not have have seen before. And speaking of dragon, Per Surratt has been showing us off um, how he's porting some of the AGD games to use this new Word Pack Two. 
And Word Pack 2 is basically got got multiple colors and sprites and hardware scrolling, and so he's making these games look a lot better than they could look natively on the Coco. I'm really interested in this Word Pack 2 cartridge. Uh, I'm going to probably end up breaking down and getting one of these uh, in the near future. So let's take a look at this, if you don't mind rolling the tape there. Mark Bosley, our engineer in the booth. Uh, uh, hopefully we're on the same page here. Okay. This, this is, is called Diamond Geezer. Word Packs. Okay, so this is it. It says this is using the YM2149 uh, demo with uh, effects engine. I can't tell right now if those effects sound any better than a normal 6 bit DAC. But the colors are great, right? We're seeing colors that did not exist. Well, can you fast forward and see if the sound gets any more soundy? Well, it sounded like he actually slammed something. Did he get pissed off at his keyboard? Hit, hit cancel before this next video shows up. Uh, I'm not sure if that's the right video, but that's at least showing off the, the colors of the Word Pack 2. I'm not sure if that's showing off the sound, but, um, but that's okay. Uh, we may have gotten out of sync here somehow that this was called pair this was number four pair surat releases his new video with the agd engine but i don't know if that link is the right link um because it was supposed to be showing off some of the stuff with the sound chip but that's okay we're gonna that's move right. on we can do this uh i just put press the fresh link and see what we got oh yeah it was that one that was the one but it's this one is not this from what i can tell i'm not hearing any any special sound out of this if it is using the sound chip it's not doing any sounds that sound any different than DAC sounds but that's okay um this word pack is really cool and um i'm, I'm probably gonna want to break down and get one eventually now this was another great question this is a probably a good uh, topic we can chew on maybe when we when we wrap up with some of our other segments but um eric gaverluck asked a question on facebook about what do you think um one of the most original Coco 3 games were, and we'll keep this in the time frame of, let's just say, you know, from the 90s to the 2000s before the whole second coming of new Coco 3 software. Um, and so, you know, for example, Double Back and Dungeons of Dagrath were really unique and interesting games on the Coco 1 and 2. What are the Coco 3 equivalents? And a lot of people on Facebook chimed in. What were some of the answers here? Uh, I think Rupert Rhythm, I mean, um, uh, uh, Malcolm Mortar made the list. Malcolm Mortar. Thexter? Thexter is a port, though. So he was trying to say original okay. games, right? So um, Malcolm Mortar came up. Uh, Crystal City and Xenix come to mind, Jamie Cho says. Rupert Rhythm was actually a very original, right, with the, with the digitized sounds. Um, <laughs> Andrew Ayer says, Castle Thor got too soon. <laughs> <laughs> Curtis says Photon and Xenix and Crystal City would be mine, Photon in particular. Yeah. Uh, Amazing World of Malcolm Mortar, Curtis also mentions. So, uh, yeah, it's a great it's a great question. And, you know, this thing about games is what is your favorite game and what the best game is are, are kind of subjective. But what I think we could agree on what, what were kind of original. Yeah, Telewriter 64 was awesome. <laughs> Color scripts at two ROM pack for the Coco 3. Okay, we're getting a little off topic here, but yeah. So uh, Paul Shoemaker says, from my perspective, the game 
Uh, I don't believe there were truly great and original Coker 3 games that were released back in the 80s. Nothing, at least. Um, uh, okay. Okay, so Curtis is saying, we'll try Photon. Um, that's my leading contender. What, what did Eric say his leading contender was? I guess maybe I missed that one, what he thought his, his um, entry was. One could argue that the Cocoa uh, was better suited for applications and games, ironically. Um, I'm not sure. So, well, the Coco 3 was getting more official ports. It did. It did. Like it so, had Arkanoid and Tetris and, yep, and Robocop. Uh, Robocop. And so, that's, so there were a lot of good games, but they were official ports. Right, right. So what were original? And definitely Photon is one of them, right? Um, so, yeah. Yeah, that's Predator. neat. So it's a, it's, a great, it's a great topic. Really? Really? <laughs> right. So great topic. Maybe we'll chew on that if we have time later on the show, but we're going to move on. Um, speaking of ports, Mark McDougall, who um, has was uh, most recently noted for porting uh, Night Lore for, to the uh, Coco Three, but Mark did um, he did the original Load Runner from the Apple. He was working on Space Invaders. He was working on Asteroids. So he had a handful of projects that he started porting, and I guess he's getting back into some of those projects now. So the one that he's working on now is going to be the original Space Invaders. And I guess when he first started doing that, it was rotated, right? Because in the arcade, they just took the screens and turned the screens vertical. And so he was porting it literally. Um, When I say porting, I would say this was probably more of a transcode, right? Similar to what he did with Night Lore and what um, Sockmaster did with Donkey Kong and Glenn Hewlett with Pac-Man. So transcoding is basically writing the equivalent instructions in 6809 assembly that would have been in whatever assembly... Space Invaders ran. Does anybody know? It's probably on here. What was the Space Invaders on? Was that? I believe that was on the 8080, wasn't it? It was on an Intel-based CPU? Might have been Z80. But or yeah, Z80? Okay. So Z80, I believe yeah. this is more of a transcode where you end up translating the original source code to 6809 assembly. So the software runs identical to how it did on that hardware, just on a different processor. So right now he is working on... Uh, space invaders and so that will be interesting to see the original and real space invaders running on the coco just like Sockmaster did with donkey kong and glenn hewlett did with pac-man and and uh, mark has done with night lore you're going to see the original software running on a different processor but it's going to be working exactly the same way so that's kind of it wasn't cool. it wasn't until 8080 and used a texas Instruments sound chip Okay. SM76477. Okay. So put a link to Mark's blogs. Mark has been doing this for a long time. He's back into it. So that'll be interesting to see. Uh, and, and we're going to get some more Dragon stuff here. So for Dragon heavy games here. But Cuthbert Dragon on YouTube has released uh, a handful of new gameplays. And he plays this on real hardware on a CRT. So he's released Red Meanies, which is kind of like a 3D Pac-Man. Uh, oh, that is really interesting. That is kind of interesting. It looks a little like Androne. Yeah, a little bit like Androne, but you're eating dots on the floor. Yeah, so it's kind of a 3D Pac-Man. That's kind of cool. Um, so that was one of them. Another one he did. We can go ahead and pause that. We don't have to. We, we, you, you've seen Pac-Man. Um, there's another one he's done that's called Keys of Roth, which is kind of a graphics choose-your-own-adventure style game. So let's see what this looks like. Plain Reckless. Okay, you can jump in and tell the driver about your quest. The door. Okay, what is, he's not. Is he? What is he doing to that tree? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I'm not sure what he was doing to was that, that tree. Pac-Man? It looked like Pac-Man peeing on a tree. I'm not exactly sure. 
Okay. But so Pac-Man, this now looks like that scene from Dragonfire where you're in the room trying to get the treasures from the dragon. Um, okay, so this is kind of a choose-your-own-adventure game, and then every now and then it'll pop up some graphics. So that's kind of cool. And that one is called Keys of Wrath. So we'll post a link to that YouTube video if you want to check that out. Another one's called Starfighter. Let's see what Starfighter looks like. Okay, one of my favorite palette modes here, the Puyan... Oh, I like the semi-graphics title screen here. That looks kind of cool. It's kind of going 3D inward. Oh, okay, this is another oh Defender-ish style oh. game. Looks like you're being chased by... Is that a UFO or an automobile? I can't quite tell there. Um, okay. Mandalorian. Uh, yeah. Okay, so this is the P-Mode palette, and it's the, the Puyan P-Mode kind of 3 palette. It's not terrible. It's used well here, I'd say. Um, so kind of a Defender scramble hybrid-ish looking game here. That's kind of cool. That's called Starfighter. Um, there's another one that he did that's called Mutant Wars that Curtis says is kind of a Seamus slash Berserk crossover. So, oh yeah, look at that. That does look, it also reminds me of Venture, right? Remember the game Venture? Um, kind of Seamus-y, kind of Berserk-y. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, you got to shoot the bad guys as they're bouncing around. This definitely reminds me of like an AGD style game. This is looking like PAL artifacting. So that kind of purple color we didn't see in the U.S. with our NTSC. Yeah, that's neat. I like that. That is kind of cool, right? Oh, yeah, look at all these screens. Yeah, so they're just like mazes full of evil things that you have to try to survive. That's kind of a cool game. So that one is called Mutant Wars. And then Screaming Abdabs, I remember the name because I think Geigerpunk did this one too. So what does Screaming Abdabs look like? So is there a collection of these games that have been ported to the Coco? I'm not sure if they've all been converted to the Coco, but you can run them in Dragon on XROAR. And if you go to the World of Dragon archive, they've now done XROAR online where you can play them in your browser even. You can so, run them on your Cocoa Pie as well, right? You can run them on your Cocoa Pie because we can emulate the Dragon on the Cocoa Pie. Yeah, I'm not sure if all the images are there, but that would be... Worth looking into. So Screaming Abdabs is uh, a really interesting looking platformer style game. Looks like it's got a lot of different screens. Uh, I kind of like that purple um, PAL artifact color there. That looks kind of neat. It still looks pretty RGB-ish, but you have a splash of color in there. Kind of Apple Apple II looking with the purple and greens. Um, you still get a lot of the solid black and white colors, though, that look good. Uh, looks like the PAL artifacting is more vertical than horizontal, right? So you don't get that red and blue on things. Um, pretty cool. Screaming Abdabs. So that is another video brought to us from Cuthbert Dragon. So if you want to see some cool dragon games, check out his YouTube channel. Um, and then um, in Facebook uh, this week too, Michael Pitsley was asking the question about uh, is there a Sudoku game for the Coco? And I remember years ago, when I first started listening to the Coco crew, that was one of the things that John Linville was talking about, that he was working on a Coco Sudoku style game. And I believe John responded with some links to the various blog posts and some YouTube videos. Can you expand that a little bit, Mark? I don't remember if um, if you can expand some of the replies or comments from there. I don't remember if he posted a link to download the disk image or the ROM image, but um, uh, I think he did. So in here, you're going to see a link to his YouTube video. There's a, a link to the blog where he talked about making Coco Sudoku. And then there it looks like there's a download link as well from Retro Challenge of 2013. Just to give you an idea of how long ago 
uh, this game was made. That was seven years ago. So he made Coco Sudoku back in 2013. So hopefully in that link will be the download to check it out if you want to play Sudoku. Am I saying the name right? Is it How do you say the name of that game? Sudoku? Sudoku. That's the game with the numbers where you have to... Yeah, pick, pick, one to nine. One to nine, and it's kind of like a pad and paper game that you usually play. I you know can't my, repeat in the same row or yeah, column or a yeah. group of nine. So, so that game exists, and that might be, you know, if you want to uh, figure out a game to make, this might be one you might want to make if you want to get into a little programming project. Um, might mm-hmm. be worth checking out. So thanks for asking that question, um, Michael Pitsley. Hopefully you got the answers you were looking for. And uh, hopefully the download is there, too. And John even mentions that this was on a Coco Flash uh, cartridge, a mini Flash cartridge that uh, Mark Merlet was selling at one point in time at Coco Fest. So it might be there. Um, and then I believe the last thing we have in our game news was uh, Carlos Camacho. Um, can you close that notification? It's going to block. There we go. So Carlos Camacho was bringing up the fact that Canyon Climber was also on the NEC PC 6000. This is a Japanese system that uses the same graphics chip as the Coco, the, the basically the Motorola VDG, but it has, I believe, a Z80 processor. Um, but there was a cartridge for Canyon Climber by James Garan, or Garan, who made Canyon Climber for the Coco. So if you scroll down a little bit, you're going to see the video that Alan Huffman posted. And this is, and Steve Bjork also chimed in on this, explaining some of the hardware differences and how basically this system kind of sucked because of the way you had to manage memory in the in the Z80 processor it was kind of inefficiently doing things, so it didn't perform as well. But if you play that video that Alan Huffman has here on YouTube, um, this is Canyon Climber on the exact same graphics chip that we have on the Coco, but using the Puyan palette set in P Mode Three. So can you roll that tape there, Mark? Um, and it doesn't look terrible, honestly. Um, uh, we got an ad. Hang we on. have an ad. What's going on? All right. High Retro Game Lord presents Canyon Climber. Uh, for uh, there we go. So that's the purple, green, and blue and orange palette set, and that looks like the normal Canyon face, right? It just doesn't look terrible. Matter of fact, I like these fonts better. These bolder fonts. I like those fonts better. Uh, this is in the P mode three green screen, right? Not bad. And then of course the bird falling screen. It doesn't look terrible, right? It's 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 passable. I don't. I guess because this was in Japan, you weren't getting the artifact colors the same way. He chose not to do that. But another thing this one has is it supported the sound chip, and there's title music on Canyon Climber. So if you go to the beginning of the video, you're going to hear some uh, multi voice music that also plays when you. Um, complete a level right japanese use ntsc also but it's called ntsc j so sound effects are similar oh that's nice Jumping sound is more kind of FM synthesis, white noise-ish. It's like it's opening gates. Yeah, the jumping sound. 
that sound effect there is not quite as impressive as the Coco. All right, I think we can pause that now. So you can see that visually, it is roughly the same game. It's on the same exact graphic chip. It's the same resolution, right? Because the game was a P-Mode 3 game. I think the Coco version used P-Mode 4 fonts on the bottom, so you had a little bit more high-res fonts for your score display. I like the low-res fonts. I like these double-wide fonts. I think they look pretty good. Um, so that's an interesting. And, and Datasoft, same company. So obviously that company was porting these games to a variety of, of, of uh, computer systems around the world. So there we have a game that that lived on the Coco, that lives um, in, in Japan too. And uh, Dave Phillips is saying that the the NTSC uh, Japanese version actually had a higher color burst frequency than ours. So it, it might have gone a little over overboard with the artifacting of the colors, but. Um, Cool stuff, cool stuff. So there we have gaming news. Thank you, Mark Bosley, for for sharing all that out. And now we are going to get into real news. So here we go. From around the world, what you need to know. Get caught up on news with El Cristobal. Muppet News Flash. All right, and here we go with real news. And our first entry in the news is Tim Holleran put up a video on how to take a Coco 2 keyboard apart and clean it. So maybe we can show just a little bit of this. I don't do a lot on the Cocos, but this video is about my Coco 2. This is one of the first, um, it is the first Coco I ever got, and it's uh, in good shape. These are out. Uh, the the metal plate will will actually come right off. Um, it also does evaporate, but I I usually use hot air. Oh man! To do that so you can I see. I wouldn't see him. First pass. Didn't see it explode. Clean it all off. When I go to Q-tip, the computer I actually use most of the time. Did you lose any springs? Um, mostly do Z80. He took all the springs out. Um, huh? But uh, do no. This keyboard doesn't have know, springs. Coco, it's just Coco got the rubber, the rubber oh, domes yeah, with the uh, with I the carbon on them. That's what, like that's the what those key. are. Yeah. Uh, I using a toothbrush. Coco one that has um, yeah swapped out keyboard, which is it shouldn't hurt anything, but it's best to get it dried off. All right. At this point, we've kind of got all the pieces parts together, and that's the white tray of screws that I dump all over the floor shortly after this. Now you put the keys back randomly. He uses the same method I do. <laughs> Not metal piece. So time tested. I don't like how how this guy used naphtha. You know, some oil distillate, something to clean it. I don't know what's wrong with soap and water. And like putting these in sort of um, a little bit. Yeah, you don't want anything that's going right, to. My composite mod. Um, all right. So in the strip there, I'm going to like just put a little bit yeah, of this. Just swab thing? a little. Oh, I've kind of wiped it all off. But this stuff is great for um, the like all kinds of retro computer problems. Um, I'm, I'm a big fan of this. Um, all right. So we'll go back in. Um, and then you got kind of got to grab this and push it in a little bit firmly. The thing that's the most annoying about this is it doesn't actually like go straight in. There's a little bit of a like the comes out of the keyboard in one place, and we're about a 
I don't know, half a centimeter or so over. You can kind of see how it bulges. That's kind of weird and kind of messes me up every time I do this. But um, I'm safely in there, um, kind of supporting the keyboard because it's not on there. All right. My head types. All right. Um, before I close it up, I also use this detoxit to just clean out yeah, and see it hopefully a little bit. Detoxit. Detoxit. Um, yes. Detoxit, uh, right? Just to kind of... I didn't realize that they had like an, a nail polish uh, kind yeah. of thing too, because I've got the spray. They have can. all kinds of different applicators for deoxid. Okay, the keyboard does look clean. Swapped. Yep. I didn't know that at the time, but it looks gorgeous. Um, it did before, but it didn't work. Um, the top part was not the, the part. So I'm putting the screws back in the case. Okay. You can see I got my great Coco VGA sticker. Big fan of that for the Coco Two. Um, I think they've got for the Coco One now, but I'm checked. Um, I also realized I'm way behind on firmware. I need to update that. As you can see, I think they're up quite a few revs. So it's a great little product. All right, so it's looking good. All right, so print. Much better. M muff. I hit me. What yeah. did I do? Okay, we get the idea. All right, so he cleaned his keyboard. There's a happy ending to the story. So that's kind of cool. And we've seen um, different people take different approaches to things. Um, Mikey mentioned, I don't I don't remember what he said he used. You said he used some type of oil-based product to clean the actual Nap key? He said naphtha. What is naphtha? It's, it's some kind of oil distillate. Mm -hmm. It's not mm -hmm. even like a mineral oil. Okay. You can so, see you can see if you just if you just pause on on one of those you can see the bottle sitting on the counter you can actually read what it is. Okay. Naphtha, oh, yeah. yeah. That's okay. not like simple fuel. Fuel. Like, What is I wouldn't want to, you know, I wouldn't want to clean my keys or any of the keyboard parts with that stuff. I I would just drop all all the parts that you can in a bucket of nice warm soapy water, let them soak and then then use the brush. You know, don't use any weird chemicals. <laughs> Naphtha okay. is Zippo fuel, like they used to put in pocket lighters. Okay. Yeah. And uh, the only problem that I can think of if you're cleaning anything that has little carbon buttons on it and soap film gets on the carbon buttons, it's kind of evil. But I use lots of alcohol because that kind of Alcohol is fine, I think. Yeah. Dave and Dave, Mr. Dave, 1609, saying don't use Naphtha. So your mileage may vary on what cleaning product you used. Uh, we're being told that alcohol is a safe bet and um, soap and water for some things, but maybe not for all. And your mileage may vary. Your mileage may vary, but cleaning just, the keyboard seemed to work. Yeah. Naphtha Auto Parts. Naphtha Auto Parts, that's right. <laughs> um, okay, so next up is Erico. And Erico, who is the king of semi-graphics animation, is working on a semi-graphics fighting game. And he put together a video to show the performance on this. So, performance. Okay. So, he's kind of showing off here some different demos on moving blocks across the screen. Um, how quickly he can move those blocks, depending on how many blocks he's moving. Okay. And it looks like he's animating through some of the, um, through some of the cells there. Oh, that's kind of interesting. Um, and so he's working on a really cool animated fighting game. It looks kind of like a street fighter game. James Jones also says that 
Naphtha is nasty stuff. Do not use it. Okay, we'll take your word for that. So this is a kind of a proof of concept test video on how he's moving data across the screen in semi-graphics mode. So I guess he's working out how he's going to code this and how well it's going to work. And then in addition to that video showing this, he also has a blog that he started, which um, which is we'll, we'll give you the link to as well if you want to pull up his blog real quick, Mark, just to see it. Okay, so this is Erico's um, blog on his project that he's working on. Are there any screenshots of what the actual graphics look like? Uh, there's so there's some of the stuff. So now here he's showing what Street Fighter, some of these fighting games look like in the arcade. Obviously, to take something that's this visually rich and port it down to semi graphics, there's going to be some lost in lost. translation stuff here. Here's a, the uh, nice Karateka on the Apple II. Good looking game there. Um, so he's basically saying, we're going to take Pong. it and bring it down to something like Pong. We're going to take <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, semi-graphics is, uh, is a cool mode, though, right? So it's showing you what pixels look like. Uh, this is very visual. This is pretty good. This is like something that Nick Morenti's was doing. Nick's, Nick's blogs are very visual and easy to follow and kind of let you see what's going on. Um, and so here we go. Here's again, here's some YouTube demonstrations of, of moving the semi-graphics characters across the screen. So we had some video loops there. Um, and I will get to the part where we see the actual people. So these are all his various demos of, of here we go. So here's showing, there we go. This is showing some early proof of concepts of kind of the Street Fighter characters, Ken and Ryu, kind of moving back and forth. And it, it, you it, they're they're you can tell what they are. They're people moving. So the animation cells here are pretty good. So I think Erico's off to a great start. Um, when he did the Outhouse game, he did that uh, for to run basically Windows. Now he's doing as a real semi graphics game on real Cocos, and it looks like the speed he's getting in Basic here is pretty good. You see the guy running across the screen here, and this looks this would be compatible with the MC10 too, which I think he's doing this on right now. So. Neat stuff. Uh, we, we will follow his career with great interest, as, uh, as we say. So thank you, Erico, for doing that. Um, the Coco Crew podcast has dropped another episode. So the Coco Crew is now on episode 60. And the website to get to the Coco Crew is cococrew.org. And here are the show notes for uh, what's going on in episode 60. And... Um, Neil Blanchard reviews Rampage, uh, and there are host discussions and all kinds of Cocoa goodies, so check out the Cocoa Crew. You know where to go, cococrew.org. Our very own favorite Cylon, Ed Snyder, who's been working on the Gimme X. we skipped number three. We skipped number three. Yes. Did I skip I number just, three? I thought you were just trying to mess me up. Oh, I apologize. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to backtrack. We, we went fast-forwarded to Cocoa Crew, but before that, was David Kay on YouTube put up a video series, Why Would You Buy It?, where he bought a bunch of vintage computer systems in Brooklyn, one of which was the Coco 2. And so here's a uh, video on the Coco 2 from David Kay in YouTube. Sort of the last thing I was most nervous about was the uh, 64K Radio Shack Coco 2. Uh, and I was just worried that it wouldn't work. I had to hook it up uh, to an old TV that I have. So I turned it on. Fearing the worst, and lo and behold, extended Good. color basic 1.1. Maybe wouldn't be surprised by this finding at all. You buy Tandy under license from Microsoft. Well, the next thing I needed to try, of course, was the game and the joysticks that came with it. So it came up with Bust Out. 
which was obviously going to be a breakout game. And I'm like, oh, please let these joysticks work. This one joystick was already bent, but the other one was in good shape. So I said, okay, I got to try this out. So bust out in place, turned it on, number of players. Good sign. Take one. Gravity. Yeah, sure. Number of balls. Let's go with five. And let's see what can happen. You can go up and down. And there's the gravity. And that you can go closer and farther away. There's actually a version with a vertical wall as well. So this is a better version of Breakout than, than most. It was, and so again, I was super excited. The one joystick, as you can see, works. Whoops. Uh, the second joystick, when I plugged it in, the one that was already kind of broken, it was given some static. And I was too nervous to keep it in there. Uh, so I didn't. But again, I got one working joystick. So I had a couple other games for, because I had had a, um, a different uh, TRS-80 that ended up not working. It was a bad fuse, and even when I replaced it, it didn't work. But I had uh, Chess already, uh, Project Nebula, and Poltergeist, which, again, is uh, a kind of a cool game. Uh, pretty strange, but uh, not too bad for uh, the 80s. So this is uh, one of the mixers that I got, the Yamaha. Yeah. It also picked up like a Model 4. Okay, so he just buys he just beginning. buys a lot of vintage stuff, and then hopefully hopefully it works, right? Uh, neat, neat. It looks like a young guy too. So for this guy to be into the retro hobby is kind of cool. We need to have future generations because most of us on the panel here aren't going to make it till dinner time at our age. So um, <laughs> we need. What's that, Sonny? <laughs> is it dinner time? Put <laughs> my teeth in. <laughs> Cool. So we, I need to, I need to subscribe to that guy's channel and check him out. Maybe we can get him on the show sometime to talk about that too. That would be kind of cool. So that's David K on YouTube, and we just, we did talk about the Coco Crew episode sixty has released. CocoCrew.org. Now we get to everyone's favorite Cylon, Ed Snyder, who's been talking about the Gimme X that a lot of people are drooling over. And now Ed's latest uh, announcement is, is that he will also make an 8 megabyte memory board that you can add to the Gimme X, where for those of you snobs who aren't happy with the mere 2 megabytes, uh, but wait, there's more. You can now have 8 megabytes, and this is going to be compatible with... 8 meg products that invest and that existed in the past so Paul Barton had a Nocan 3 back in the day that that had 8 megabytes so support and drivers for 8 megs and Nitrous 9 already exists you can get a 6 megabyte RAM disk um, so that's kind of cool so that's in Facebook so if you are if you're looking to buy a Gimme X and you don't already have upgraded RAM, well, you can buy them both from the same guy at the same time and only pay shipping for once instead of having to do it twice, right? Three times a lady. So Ed Snyder, the Cylon, continues to crank out products that he's kind of like the apple of the cocoa world. We didn't know we needed it until he made it, and now we can't live without it, right? So there we go. Ed Snyder, thank you for all that you do. You are too kind. Uh, president of Glenside Color Computer Club, Eric Canales, pointed out that in one of these Halloween movies here, that's Michael Myers, and that's Jamie Lee Curtis. She grabs a big-ass CRT television, busts over his head, but in the background there is a cocoa. So right 
right there behind that lamp where she's at. That's a silver Coco one. So I know there's been some videos in the past where Coco in the movies and TV. I'm not sure if this clip was in there because I know they showed Corey Feldman playing Zaxxon in one of the Friday the 13th ones. Here's a Coco appearance in one of the Halloween movies. So good catch there. didn't hook it up. Didn't have it hooked up, right? Because it was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it makes it easier to throw the television. Yeah, you know, That's just right. You just can't do the same damage with an LCD. No, you just can't. <laughs> no. So good job, Eric, in finding that one out. Uh, Brian Weasler, who's on the panel quite frequently, the guy who gets things on eBay, he asked the question: If I need to replace the rubber feet on my silver cocoa, where do I go? Where do I get them? A number of people chimed in on here. So apparently Home Depot and, and Ace Hardware and, and eBay have some, some square-ish looking rubber feet that are perfect replacements. Can you find that picture and zoom in on it a little bit, Mark? Uh, there it is. There's the pack. Yep, uh, they're also used on the Apple IIs as well, the, the old original Disc IIs and the original okay. Apple II cases. Well, this looks like it's a, ch- a small chocolate bar. Yeah, yeah they're does. not edible. Oh. Uh, yes, this looks like this is, uh, I remember on the AIDS diet Caramel bars. also look like this. So, um, Neat, neat. Little chocolate bars, little Willy Wonka things. You can break off their little rubber feet you put on your Cocos, and apparently they're a very uh, suitable match for for that need if you need to put feet on your coca um cool stuff that's a community coming together showing us things now terry trap who uh has been showing a lot of projects he's been working on he's doing all kinds of cool cocoa stuff he's been working on replacing the salt chip and so what he wanted to do is he wanted to show off the video of his cocoa that he was running through a capture device i guess it was a hodgepodge tv tuner and his video of the cocoa was coming in kind of black and white he was not getting the color Eric Gavriluk uh, tagged me because he knows I've went through this trouble before and I've had to run through some devices. So you can see in his video here that looks kind of grayish. We weren't getting the color. So I basically showed him a product I bought many, many, many years ago on eBay. Brian Weasler bought that product as well. And so then I basically showed him a video of what it looks like. And I believe he's ordered one. So I'm sure in the near future that we'll see a video from Terry Trapp showing off his salt chip on a cocoa running through an old analog TV capture device um, that you can see the color on. So that's the long and the short of that. Uh, Thank you, Mark B., for doing that. Now, Guillaume Major, who runs the Color Computer Archive, there's my video of showing that mine is at least in color. It's not black and white, right? Um, And so we have that. So there's been some updates to the Color Computer Archive. For those not aware, it's colorcomputerarchive.com. So he's added some tags. So in addition to having um, graphical tags, you can search for games that run in semi-graphics. If it's a Coco 2 or Coco 3, can you zoom in on that a little bit? Because it is kind of small, right? So we're going to see these. Um, we're going to see. Uh, it's from the same Friday the 13th is what Christopher's saying. But, oh, that's Jason. That's not Michael Myers. That's my bad. My horror. Thank you, Christopher Peralt on Facebook for, for pointing that out. My wife is not here, so I'm glad somebody else is able to point out my mistakes in her behalf. Thanks, Christopher. <laughs> um, ah. So, yeah, so these little icons here that say 1 and 2, Coco 1 and 2 only, Coco 3 only, OS 9, high-res semi-graphics mode, Hitachi 6309, and then ones that support the 6847T1, which is the lowercase VDG chip. Yeah, I should have known that. I should have known that was not... 
Michael Myers, he's got a full face mask and not a hockey mask. Shame on me. I think he's also um, added a icon for speech sound pack, which I think yes. shows up. There, uh, there a there. little music note. Right. So now when you're searching for things in the uh, archive, you could search. Uh, if you wanted to do a search for semi-graphics, you can do that. Or if you're looking at a lot of different games and you see these little icons next to them, you're going to know now um, what that's done. So that's, that's a nice addition there that Guillaume Major has done to the Color Computer Archive. Good job, Guillaume. Thanks for doing that. Um, I'm a big fan. I've said this for years, but Nitrous 9 is an incredible operating system. I've also been on record in saying how amazing uh, Basic 09 is. Basic 09 is incredible. It's a fantastic way to, to do Basic. So in the uh, Nitrous 9 group that I follow religiously on Facebook, because I'm a huge fan of Nitrous 9. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting thick in here. Get your boots out. So, so James Jones posted this. I came across this this morning where he's basically running some uh, math tests in Basic 09, and um, he's basically saying uh, that these tests that he ran, he was able to do things in milliseconds in Basic 09. Can you expand, can you expand out on that, uh, on that wall of text there where he was, where he was doing that? Uh, up a little bit higher there, scroll up a little bit there and hit see more. Right, so he was doing a ten by ten array that he filled in with time values and all kinds of other values and date values to see um, where things were go. And he says, actually, I'm just copying an array. But the long and the short of it is, if you scroll down towards the end here, he ran some scientific analyses, and he's basically saying that the result is I can assign a hundred element array of floating point values. It takes a bit over three milliseconds, which is a fraction of a second in Basic 09, and it takes about 1.3 seconds in Color Basic, which means it's 400 times faster than Color Basic, but since it's running in double speed mode, it's really only 200 times faster. But that's really impressive that your math in Basic is 200 times faster in Basic 09, and he ran science to prove this. Science doesn't lie. Numbers don't lie. You've heard me say this for years. Basic 09 is the most advanced and incredible way to do basic programming. Um, I've said that. I stand behind that. James Jones has verified that I've been telling the truth all these years. Um, thank you for doing that, James Jones. So that's a cool project. So if you um, and I guess what all this runs on the Cocoa Pie, bringing it back to today's show topic. Good stuff there. Fun um, fact. Fun fact. OS yeah. nine was OS nine was created to support Basic 09, not the other way around. That is true. That is true. I remember reading about that in the um, in the history book that um, Basic 09 was written by Microware, uh, Motorola reached out to Microware saying, hey, we got this 6809 processor, we need a basic language. And uh, Microware says, hold my beer, I'm gonna make you basic 09. And it was so good, they said, well, now we need an operating system. And then, poof, OS 9 was born. So it was the kind hmm. of the uh, the egg leading the chicken here in this case. So, um, But uh, you've heard me say it on this show for years now. Basic 09 is incredible. It's fantastic. It's an amazing way to do basic. Uh, am I going to have to get the waiters out? <laughs> Steve, um, aren't you worried about somebody in the future 
coming up with old show uh, roles showing I'm about, your stand I'm now, I'm on one hand <laughs> and then your stand on another hand. I'm worried about being struck by lightning right now, to be honest with you. For- <laughs> just, don't ever, just don't ever run for office. Snope starts a new category just for Stevie's fact-checking. <laughs> Hashtag so, Stevie fact-check. That's it. So thanks, James Jones, for using science and using math. Uh, <laughs> now, MC10, I've also said for years now, MC10 is an amazing machine. It's a fantastic machine. It's incredible technology. Um, so the question, Lightning alert. <laughs> the, que- the question so was... So he does like the MC10 uh, now. Yes, yes. Pretty soon I'm going to snorkel. <laughs> <laughs> so um, James Host was asking the question about using the basic command in key string to tell if somebody is pressing a key or holding down a key. And this would be true in color basic as well. But there are ways you can. So in key string is a way to um, wait for a key to be pressed and then take an action based on that key being pressed. What if I want to hold down a key? How do I do that? So a lot of people chimed in on how to answer that question. I know I know how to do it on the Cocoa with certain peaks because I looked in the 500 pokes peaks in exec book on where to peak to scan for the keyboard to tell if I'm holding down arrow keys and stuff, right? So, um, so the answers to those questions were drawn out here and responded to by many people in the MC10 group that I follow all the time because the MC10 is a fantastic system. Um, so that was a cool that was a cool question there. So we make sure that we did that. Thanks for doing that. Um, and speaking of cocoa pie, bringing it all back to today's show topic, but Wayne Aaron posted a picture in Facebook that he bought a cocoa two that he's planning on turning into a cocoa pie case. So I guess he's going to take out the cocoa motherboard, put in a cocoa pie, get Paul Fiscarelli's keyboard adapter to run that keyboard. And so coming soon to a cocoa case near you, a repacked cocoa pie in an actual cocoa case. That Wayne Aaron or Coco Two or Coco Two. Coco Two is going Unwrap to waste. that power cord, please. Yes, it's not good for it. <sighs> this did not make me happy. You should just keep the Coco. Oh yeah, sacrificing a Coco Two. Yeah, I've got some cases around here. I should start a movement. Yeah, yeah, the case yeah, movement. Like I'll, I'll trade them. He sent me that. I'll send him a nice empty case. Yeah. Well. Yes. So somebody out. should offer that. Retrain him a dead on one. Well, he's not like he's going to take it out and burn it. He's just taking out the motherboard. It can always go back in. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's how it starts. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Stevie, um, you'd be waiting for pitchforks and uh, torches at your front door. Okay. Listen, OS9 forever. That's all I want to say. Hashtag OS9 forever. <laughs> um, and then I came across these this week, too. So Allison Denu in Facebook has been posting some really interesting pictures of the Coco doing things. Now, Allison also is the one who posted that challenge of crack my encryption where Paul Fiscarelli said, hold my beer, and I'll do it twice. Um, so here's a picture of the Coco talking to Princess Leia in Star Wars. And the caption here it says, aren't you a little... Sh- oh, this is an MC-10. Incredible machine, fantastic machine. Uh, MC-10 here, aren't you a little short for a gaming computer? So that's kind of cute. A little play on the whole Princess Leia talking to Luke Skywalker thing. So that was a cute little picture. Uh, I think there was a few more she had done throughout the week, too. Here's uh, <laughs> the Ghostbuster guys, right? Instead of <laughs> catching Slimer, this is the Coco in there. Can you can you make that picture any bigger, Mark? Uh, yeah, so this is the Ghostbuster guys using their proton packs to catch a Coco. 
instead of Slimer. That's pretty cool. That's some that's some elite Photoshop work right there, I got to say. Uh, and I think if you scroll down a little bit more, too, there's another one where it was the Stay, Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man as the Coco. So we have an, oh ang- an angry Coco looming down on a crowd of unsuspecting people. So that was kind of cool. And then the last one is a little bit on the dark side, I'd have to say. Um, but this one here is the Coco with a gun out. And you notice there on the floor with kind of X'd out eyes and some blood stains. That's Clippy. If you guys remember Clippy, Clippy from, <laughs> from Microsoft Office. Here's the Coco saying, there can be only one. So death to That's Clippy. Uh, that is a little on the dark side, but it's funny. Uh, so. I see you want to run a basic program. <laughs> Would you like day. some help? <laughs> Uh, Clippy, the original digital assistant before Siri, right? So Clippy was here. I remember there was an old uh, an old meme too, where somebody was starting to type up letters. Says, "Oh, it looks like you're trying to commit suicide. Can I help you with that uh, goodbye, crew world letter?" And so, <laughs> so Clippy has been used for some dark memes for a long time now. So, um, so Allison is just showing the cocoa in different imaginative ways. So thanks for doing that. So that concludes news. Did I miss anything? Anybody want to chime in on uh, all this uh, stuff here that we covered? Did you miss number 14? Did I miss yeah, number 14? Oh, I have to scroll down. I'm sorry. Last but not least. This is what happens when I don't scroll. This is why we need Curtis. All right. We outsource this to some it's damn what, foreigners and they don't show up for work. So Floridian. we have to this do what happens jobs. when you don't show up for reversal. Floridians. <laughs> have you thought about wearing a lightning rod? On the head? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Tony Jewell, who is a dragon guy, has joined the Coco Owners Club and he posted a picture in the Facebook Yay. group of him getting a Coco. So was that, that was a Coco 2 with a melty keyboard, right? No. Uh, no, 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 it's got the, uh, it's got a, the Korean. a Korean Coco. Okay, it looks yeah. clean. First Mo- generation Korean. Motherboard looks clean. I don't know if he You know, it. out here in Arizona, the there's CPU a lot of melty keyboards. <laughs> that's the Sam. And that's the Sam. Sam? Okay. No, He's figured out how to. Up there. Okay. What were you going to say, Rick? I say he's figured out how to plug in the ribbon cable without breaking anything. Okay, that's true. <laughs> that's a step forward. Is so they getting back to Nick Moroda's question on this Korean Coco Two? Was the CPU socketed? Yes or no? No. 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 Oh, really? Okay. I think nope. anything was socketed. Interesting. Uh, the oh, the Sam. Some Cocos had the CPU socketed. So the Sam was socketed, meaning this Early might ones. be a candidate for a Coco VGA. Definitely. No. No. The the VDG is soldered in the board. Oh, the oh. Sam, not the VDG. I'm getting confused. Yeah. The Sam is Could get a Sam doubler. Tandy. Curse you, Tandy. Um, so <laughs> oh, welcome okay. to Coco Ownership, Tony Jewell, Dragon Guy. Uh, I've said this for years. The Dragon is an amazing system. The uh, the British people, amazing, incredible people. Oh, asparagus. <laughs> You've got to talk you. to Stevie offline and like explain Man. product placement stuff. I would like to get to a couple of controllers, though, for the Dragon. Yeah. Yeah, that is neat. Um, okay, thanks for thanks for pointing out all the things I neglected to include. Um, anybody is this a want, PAL one? Mm, is this is a PAL one? Mm, I don't know. Bring up the picture again. And can anybody tell it, by looking at it? Because they're talking about PAL down below. Okay. Uh, and look at the under underbelly. Uh, of it. Can you see what's button? the question? Is what's the crystal? What's the and crystal? is it? Uh, it's a fourteen point two three something. There's another one. Yeah. Like the one on the left is four point something, doesn't it? Yeah, I don't know. Can you four point four? 
Yeah, 4.43, whatever. That doesn't sound like NTSC. No. That sounds like a POW color burst. Oh, interesting. Maybe. Yeah, I'm just it, guessing. Because NTSC would be 3.58. Uh, uh, 3.58, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so this is. And a isn't pal. that a quarter of the 14? I don't know. Can, is it, was there a picture of the underbelly that would say maybe on there of the of the sticker? Uh, no, he just had no. uh, these these here. Okay, okay. So he was asking about uh, RAM upgrades and uh, a composite. Hmm. Okay, yeah. So Ed Snyder's saying that uh, something about the PAL based Coco VGA boards. Okay, so that must yeah. be a PAL one. Okay. Yeah, he wants artifact colors. Okay, he wants artifact colors. Colors. Uh, colors. Yes. All right. Uh, okay. Any, oh, there are more pictures. There we go. What is this? Oh, oh. here's the whole motherboard. Will this help that us does, determine? That does look weird. Yeah, that's the a different layout. Yeah, that's be. a completely different layout. Look where the RF modulator is. And is it is it missing a, a relay? The switch. No, that's the, the channel, channel switch. three or four switch is gone. Ah. Okay. okay. Yeah, definitely so, pal. Then based on this. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, that doesn't. Yeah, that's that's. What weird. are the what are go, go to your right a little bit more? Those white things with the teeth holes in them. What are those for right there? That's that was for a daughter board, board for a the RAM upgrade. Oh, yeah, interesting. You, you can take out the forty four sixty fours and put in a little board. Okay, and then uh, Nick Morentes is saying the power transformer there looks like POW as well. Okay, interesting. Remember, remember back then RAM was kind of expensive, so they had different options depending on what was cheapest at the time. Okay. Yeah. Whether it was 40, 44, 64s or a daughter board of the older, you know, 41. 41. Yeah. Smart way to do it. That way they're not held hostage by one manufacturer or another. Right. Or one socket right. type or RAM type, too. So, right. There's a lot of uh, Motorola logos on there. Absolutely. Uh, yep. Oh, and that's the uh, that's that Dragon Diagnostic cartridge that has the readout on there, too, that lets you know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, neat. Yeah, the, yeah, there's some really cool hardware products in the Dragon Group that I'm really getting interested in, um, which means I'll be doing a video in the near future when I get it. So, um, <laughs> you do a video? No, that never happens. Please, please. <laughs> Things are not important until I cover them. If you don't know that, just wait till I cover it. <laughs> no Stevie Lightning keeps your hair cut short. <laughs> Welcome to Stevie is so full of himself. Yes, yes. Enough about All me. Right. Let's talk Back about to you. It. Um, so we covered a lot in the news. Anybody have anything they want to chime in on that before we take no, a commercial? I, I do have, I do have my, uh, my can of detoxed it. Detox it, huh? Excellent. Say it again, Jason. So you come up. Oh, detox it as it was called. Although it looks like deoxid to me, mm-hmm. but it must be the alternate pronunciation. So for those of you who are wanting to detox, make sure you get yourself a can of detox it. Um, <laughs> Excellent, excellent, excellent. Well, we're dropping like flies here. The panel's getting smaller by the minute, so I, I know how to put people to sleep, apparently. We need Curtis here covering the news. Um, okay. Uh, then Dave Phillipson is saying here, if the crystal is 14.318, 18, 18, 18, then that's the NTSC because 3.5, blah, 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 times 4 equals 14.318, So, all right, so there's some math for you if you feel like doing the yeah. math there. We're not having a blast with the new math tutor. We are right? not having a blast no, with the no, new math no. tutor. All right, so we are going to take a commercial break. 
And then when we come back, we're going to be going on to everyone's favorite part of the show where we talk about project updates and acquisitions. So let me share the screen again so you guys can hear what's going on here. Let's pick a commercial break here. Huh. We are going to run, what do you say, Coco Do or Fletcher? What should it be? Yes. This is so Sophie's choice. Coco Do. All right, so Coco Do it is. We'll be back. We'll be back. We'll be back right after Coco Do. Coco Talk will return after these messages. Un ordinateur couleur qui a de la personnalité, le Coco 2 de Radio Sac. On solde pour Noël à partir de 149,95. And now, Coco Thoughts by Samuel Gimes. If you're using your color computer in Quebec and it stops working, is it now a Coco won't do? Hi, Ron Delvo, Timberman, Coco Fest. In a world where RGB produces black and white video, one cable can make a difference. Switcheroo. Coco3scartcable.com Hey, have you got your Coco 3 yet? Hi, this is Rick Adams, author of Temple of Rom and Shanghai, and you've tuned into Coco Talk, the nation's leading live talk show featuring the Tandy Color Computer. What's going on, everybody? Original Gamer Stevie Stroh here, and if you're a fan of vintage computing and retro gaming, then you're going to love our retro swag shop at 8bit256.com. There you will find custom designs by Instagram artist Joel M. Adams. You can get Ama Coconut, Coco Talk, and other cool video game images on a t-shirt, coffee mug, or mouse pack. So if you love retro, then head on over to the retro swag shop at 8bit256.com today. Tell them the Original Gamer Stevie Stroh sent you. Radio Shack Storewide Manager's Red Tag Sale is on now. We've slashed prices 20%, 30%, 40%, 50%. Save on famous Radio Shack Hi-Fi, car stereo, radios, toys, TV games, calculators, walkie-talkies, and CB radios. Look for the big red tag. Save like never before on these and literally hundreds of red tag specials. Hurry into Radio Shack today. Hi, this is Randy Kindig of the Floppy Days Podcast. I just love me some cocoa, and nobody covers it better than Steve Strobridge. You're listening to Coco Talk. 
And we are back with everyone's favorite part of the show, which is project updates and acquisitions. This is where everybody tells you what they did during the week and all kinds of good stuff like that. From what I can tell right now, the people who said they had things to show off this week were uh, Alan Murphy and Ron Delvo. Alan, do you want to go ahead and go first and talk about your sure. product project update? So on the project front, uh, I got another blog post up about the NEC PC6001 game that I'm working on converting to the Coco 2 and 3 and probably Coco 1, MC10, Dragon, whoever, whatever else I can learn along the way. So that's going pretty well. I got through the graphic screens and I'm now actually getting into the game loop and, and the controls and starting to bring it together as a game. Excellent. So um, on the acquisition side to go with that, I got myself a Jim Gary 10. I mean, an MC 10 <laughs> with uh, an MCX 128 nice. from uh, the Zipster. And uh, that's all up and running now. So I can run the original port that Jim Gary did um, based on just looking at the graphics screen, a kind of a snapshot of the game. And then the better port that he did once he got access to the source code. So I can play those as well and see the add-on levels and things that he did. So it made a nice excuse to get an MC-10 was, oh, yeah, I'm working on a game that also is on an MC-10. Why not? Because you know um, everyone needs an excuse to buy an MC-10. Well, for all that love that I hear out there, you know, it's good to have one lined up just so that when everybody starts you know, ragging on you, you can, hey, no, I've got a million games. What do you got? That's well, right. when, when you put the MCX 128 on it, it makes a really good, it turns the MC 10 into a really nice bookend. Yeah. <laughs> That's not only does it hold to... up the window, but you can actually drape cables and all kinds of stuff. That's it's nice. like a Sinclair wannabe. Uh-huh. And uh, the last bit was I got myself a Pi 4 with a touchscreen case um, to give the Coco Pi a proper home. Now that that next image is uh, up and going. Excellent. You've had a productive week. Very much so. Well, that's awesome. And you've joined the winning team with your MC10. Thank you for joining us. We are happy to have you. Uh, excellent, excellent, excellent. And you see Jason the Coca Man showing off his MC10. And Rondelvo, okay. you've got something to update. Can us I with. share the screen? You may share the screen, Rondelvo. Okay. It says disabled. No, you can share it. No, we see you. We see you. It you... says host disabled participant screen sharing. So uh, it says. Oh, we see you. We don't see your uh, screen. Now participants. I don't see where <sighs> I've done that. Now? Can anybody see? Uh, Mark Bosley, can you see that? I don't know where I have. Oh, I'm away from the screen. Well, Mark uh, was a co-host, so he he wouldn't have an issue. Okay, allow participants to share screen. Okay, I see it. I just I can do it, it now. You can do I it. I can now. do it now. Yep. Do what it. I'm going to show is a game that I've made that uses all of the eight megabytes uh, on the uh, Gimme X. Are you uh, ready? Yeah. Oh wow. Not true. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're fired. <laughs> Fished False. in. False Fake news. news. I just uh, changed the uh, color computer photo gallery from Coco Gallery to f- this. Okay. I like the Did Radio Shack font. Yeah. Yeah. And um, 
you know, if you really want to see stuff here, best thing to do is go to photos. And then uh, here they all are. You see something you want to look at, click on it, and it's close. Yeah. Not a whole lot here yet, but hey, this is the time oh, where you can look at it and say, hey, I want to put my computer yeah, graphics Yeah, you on just there. reminded me of a suggestion that Alan Murphy came up with, that uh, an, another segment we can add to the show. Alan, you want to talk about that um, art thing? So, yeah, and basically Ron Delvaux showing the page example of kind of what I was thinking of right now. But um, way back in the day, in the rainbow, there was frequently submissions for art gallery stuff. And people would show off the kind of art they were doing on their Cocos. And the rainbow gave them a, a front for that. So kind of what I was thinking was maybe if we've got folks like Ron and, you know, Erico, people doing Coco artwork, uh, let's let's show it up, send it up, post some screenshots on the discord or a disc image. If it's a thing like that, that, you know, displays and uh, let, let's see what you're getting done with your cocoa. Interesting. Yeah. There's Steve's living room. Hold on. Let me see. Let me see. Uh, my living room. Yeah. Yeah. I recognize the poop emoji. What oh, were you oh, doing in oh. Steve's living room? Oh, uh, yeah. He, okay. He, so, yeah, this is me showing off on my Cocoa Pie um, Ron's image gallery. So this is one of those high-color images that he took, and I'm running it. We talked about the attract mode. This was the attract mode going through some of Ron's images. Um, and this mm -hmm. is on a nice 60-inch TV on, in my living room. So, yeah, the Cocoa 3 and those high-color images look really good on a big screen. Um yeah. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to create a channel uh, because our Discord server is really uh, light on channels right now. There's yeah, really <laughs> there's not that many channels out there. So I'm going to add not a channel. I'm going to add a channel under the Coco Talk category that will be called uh, Coco Art or something to that extent. And so if you if you've generated some original Coco artwork or just something you've converted to to display on the Coco, post a screenshot to it or post a disc image in that Cocoa Art channel. And that'll be another segment that we'll try to show each week on people who are doing Cocoa artwork and we'll show them off on the show. Um, if we're speaking about adding Discord channels, I think we should add a channel channel just to dis suggest new channels on Discord. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> we need to have a channel to talk about that first. Oh, yes. We have to have a channel about talking about the channel. Well, let's form a committee first to form a committee to talk about the <laughs> oh, channel. Yeah. That would be so good. Would three be, weeks. We get a committee channel. Yeah, yeah. yeah we have no, we have, no, have we a have, channel for the committee, and then we'll just table. The committee's done by email. Yeah, we'll we'll table <laughs> discussion and we'll bring it up each month and table it till the following month. Sounds um, yeah. good. We have just been joined by Brian Weasler. Brian, Weasler. we talked about um, we talked about how you uh, uh, were looking for feet for the cocoa. So we showed off that uh, Facebook discussion on your cocoa feet discussion uh we are now in the project updates and acquisitions this is probably a rhetorical question but have you got anything to show us this week that you've accumulated i do have a couple things i could share yes if you guys uh yeah if, if we're at that point there we're at that um, point at that point okay let's see here hadn't had a chance to really tweak the camera very much here but uh, here we go um yeah a couple uh, educational things uh from back in the day uh these are cassette based um, educational value. This is a shape maker. Hmm. I haven't had a chance to really look into it much. It was, this looks like it's kind of a part of a series. 
And then there's also one here called uh, Word Wizard. Oh, the boxes are in really good shape. These things look. Yeah, I really like the boxes. They're kind of neat. They're not that clear plastic. They're the, the artwork's really pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And then uh, uh, the Number Factory. I kind of like the, I like this cover the best. Oh yeah, it looks very children's television workshop ish. You know, yeah. or uh, the Lecture Schoolhouse company. Rock looks or, like yeah, kind of Schoolhouse Rock ish. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, I haven't a chance to really look at them too closely though, but they they came uh, all three as a as a package there. So I recently got that one. And then um, <clears throat> let's see here. Uh, let me grab the box here. So for Sorry. those having trouble keeping up with Dave Phillipson's math in the channel, you might want to. Uh... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And one second here. I was going to get the box factory. out ahead of time here. Yeah. Um, so the other day um, on the Facebook marketplace, I was kind of checking that and just kind of scrolling through. And about an hour and a half away from me, a person had a listing there for a color computer and uh, couldn't pass this one up. And uh, they uh, talking to them. Uh, it sounded like it might have been like a grandfather or something. They were clean, clearing out a storage unit, and uh, they really had no use for it. And so they put it out there and uh, got this really beautiful. Oh, clean, my God. The white cocoa with melty keyboard. Wow. Yep. And uh, it Man. has the uh, – I mean, it's just very clean. Absolutely. Very, very clean. I mean, uh, and the sticker, of course. The, what, what's the serial number? The serial number actually is pretty cool. I, I like that, too. It was 000. zero, zero 3434. Oh, neat. I, I, I don't know. I just kind of like it when I see the little number patterns with the yeah. uh, warranty the sticker numbers. has not been so compromised. It's, a, the timing is nope. intact. You have all your pads one. on there. Yeah. I'm sorry, Ron? Yeah, all your pads are on there. It looks like your one feet. Slip. All your feet? Yep. You, one, all the, other than one kind of shift a little bit, you know, probably got warm or something. And, uh, but that could probably be peeled off and uh, reapplied. So, yeah. Yeah. So, you need some napta for that. And uh, it also came with, uh, oh, let's see here. Where is it at here? Oh, here we are. <clears throat> also had a uh, uh, the cassette. Oh, in the box. Recorder. Nice. In box. And uh, CCR again, 81. this thing. What's that? Did a CCR 81? Yes. Yep. Ah, 81. Recognize and, the box. <laughs> and even this thing here looked like it had never been used. Usually they get a little yellow. Oh, look at that. And it's nice and, uh, nice and white, too, and clean. I've tested this already. This, this works. I'm sorry. How are the belts? Uh, the belts seem to be fine. I mean, wow. it's fast forward and uh, doesn't make a lot of. Uh, sometimes you can kind of hear a little noise from them, but uh, mm. it fast forwards smooth and rewinds. And uh, I've already loaded a couple test programs off of a cassette on it with it. So, yeah, nice. And then there was the. Uh, sorry, I'm not better prepared here. Um, don't worry, it fits right in with the show. <laughs> <laughs> um, it came with a, a DL logo uh, ROM cartridge, oh, nice. uh, just the cartridge itself, and then also um, uh, I think uh, Spectacular and uh, in the manual there. So nice. you didn't so acquire any floppy drives or anything because I see I, I, you seem to have a, a deficit. Oh yes, yes. I'm have a, it's a little shortage of uh, floppy drives up there. So I'm just not sure those shelves can hold up all that weight. That those yeah. floppy drives they're not light. That's what they the are CMA's industrial. <laughs> the they are industrial steel shelves that are up. Oh, there, okay. So. All right. <laughs> you can store almost a megabyte with your, all your drives. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I think I. It's I don't know. I, I wanted to find a list, but um, yeah, it goes all the way from the the silver over here. The the silver uh, drives through the. 
through the 39 or the 3029 and then all the way to the, the 502. Wow. So, so with the gray label and then the color ones, yeah. Yep. Yeah, they got the, the little color there. So yeah, That's over a megabyte, over a million bytes. Well, listen, Holy you're cow. not you're nowhere near as organized as David Ladd is, but you're doing okay. Uh, <laughs> a, David Ladd is a guy who's known for having his stuff in order. Oh, uh, yes, <laughs> Brian, where are you in your home? Do you have a room, or is this your living room, or? Uh, this is actually uh, what used to be a spare bedroom, and it's. Uh, Kind of my cocoa room slash home office. Okay. Notice uh, I put the cocoa first, not the yes. home office first. <laughs> Your priorities are priorities. In order. <laughs> Absolutely. So no, this is where I live during the day when I'm working. So, so I get to enjoy that in the background there. So. All right. And but so, how do you concentrate with all that stuff in there? Well, I do take a break from time to time, and uh, it's really easy <laughs> just to roll the chair around and play a game or two. Well, have yes, a blast with a new math tutor. As if we weren't already jealous enough that you've gotten a pretty much pristine white Coco One with cassette player, why don't you make us feel even like bigger losers? How much did you pay for this? Wait, twelve dollars? Seventy-five dollars. Seventy-five dollars, dude. That is a deal, wow. dude. That is for such a deal. So. Yeah, I, yep. I, I, I pretty much feel the same way about you right now as I do when Curtis Boyle shows off his high scores. You're a scum. So <laughs> <laughs> it just, you know, it, it's still, just, uh, I still beat. I, it's, I, I, he's not going to be able to beat the Coco One FD five hundred two and all that other in a multi pack for fifty bucks. Oh yeah, well, is that what you guys picked up at that uh, Ham that Fest ha- or something? That was Hamvention last yep. year. Of course, that yep. show didn't happen this year. But yeah, and I, I think I even had a floppy drive for like a Model One Hundred. Wow, uh, nice craziness. Well, you got a and Stevie, you got a pretty good deal on the one that you grabbed that one that one year at Coco Fest, if I remember right. So, uh, well, I got a great deal on a TDP One Hundred for twenty bucks. Oh, that was right. Those yeah. the One Hundred. Yep. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yep. I can't complain about that. And then and then this year when I met Jason. And his uh, lovely lady friend at uh, what are we? Was it called Hamcation? Hamcation. 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 Um, I got a Coco two for fifteen dollars with a lot of stuff with it. So um, I got a direct connect. What a deal! But yeah, well, fifteen dollars. I can't complain about that. No, no. Well, we found a guy with Coco stuff and bought every piece of it. Yes, literally between the two of us. Yeah, but I don't. But we're not. You're not going to beat. The five dollar Coco three with the key switch in it from VCF Midwest with the oh, wow. no, soap powder in it. With the soap. <laughs> no, hey, but it works. I, it, Squeaky it is, clean. It is. Get it rid is of now, that naphtha. It, it. Oh no, no, I didn't do. But it, it is now soap powder free and uh, it has been upgraded to five hundred twelve k and uh, works like a charm. I just took the key out of it and you know put put a new power switch in it and all's good to go nice what was the what was nice. the key for was the key for the power the, the key was for the power i i need to i think I, I have pictures i need to put them up on my blog at cocoman.org but uh the yeah the the the, the, the power switch was broken and they, they screwed in like speaker wire to the key switch and then they just kind of had that jammed in the pow- what was left of the power switch I'm gonna to have to share that sometime because I I did I did fix it. But I did. Take was there uh, was there anything on the bottom like a scribing at all that it might have been like it might have belonged to a business or something like that? I'm just kind of curious why no, anybody it, personally it just, would do that. It just kind of walk. It was walking by in a little plastic bin <laughs> uh, right when I right when I was in front of my table talking to a fellow. I'd really like to get a Coco Three, but I haven't. Well, there goes one right now, <laughs> and um, 
and then Destiny. a fellow was yeah, the, and it was and it, I had I think it was like a CCR eighty three, the little tape uh, recorder with that, and maybe a couple some miscellaneous cables and whatnot, but um, maybe a, a, a few of uh, the black joysticks. But uh, yeah, the fellow stopped like, oh, you want it? Uh, yeah, let's see, let's check it out, you know. And then and then it opened, and I could see all the soap powder. And it's like ah, I was gonna hook it up and try to test it for him, and. Uh, Went ahead and hooked up the, uh, and they're like, oh, not with all the soap powder. It's like, well, what do you, I said, well, what do you want for it? I don't know. Five bucks? Sure. So I didn't get the plastic bin, though. He wouldn't throw that in. <laughs> he had to take that back. His wife, he said his wife would be angry. So, <laughs> but he went, he was a Commodore guy. He wanted rid of it. So, worked out. There you go. Everybody wins. I'm like, I can fix that. Cool, 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 cool. Well, there we have it. Project. Uh, anything else, Brian? Or is that enough? Is that enough to make us jealous that's, for that's one week? That's enough. Not for one week. I, I do have week. actually a couple things on the way. So that is a nice. Um, that is like the white whale right there, the white cocoa one. It's a nice thing to have in your collection. It is sixty-four K extended basic. That was the last time Tandy made the full-size case like that because this came out in nineteen eighty-three, the same time the Coco Two came out. It's just they had not, they did not have a 64K Coco 2 at launch. So this was the first production um, Coco that had full 64K extended basic stock out of the box. And this was specifically for OS 9 because you needed 64K to run OS 9 level 1. And this was the machine, the first production machine that was designed with all the specs to run OS 9. Um, and and Steve, I, Steve. I had it. Yeah. I need I need you to answer me a question. I got a guy on the um, messenger. His name is Rutherford, and he has a setup like I do with the Cocoa Pie, and he wants to um, change the keys that have to do with uh, shift quote. Um, do, do you cover any of that in one of your videos? Yeah. And do you know which one that would be? Could you say it, would, it, on it would here be, so you can it hear would it? Be, it would be the video that is how to how to turn your Cocoa Pie into a game console. That gets into um, how to map your user interface. And once you see right. where that's at, you can then find what you need to remap. Um, now, it, where, where is that? that? If you go to coco-pi.com under videos, it'll be there. Okay. Um, Hope you got that, Rutherford. I would, I would also say he might need to see if his emulation is, is, is correct. Because in MAME, you can switch between real emulation and partial emulation. So if he hits tab and the user interface comes up, then he is in what's known as partial emulation, and that one should just be shift two for quotes. Um, if he's not getting the user interface by pressing tab, then he's in real emulation. I can't read that, it's a little blurry. He says, he says I'll take a look, thanks guys. Okay, um, so if you don't have that right emulation, scroll lock will change you between full emulation and partial emulation, and that might be why the quotes are not working too. Um, hopefully that helped Rutherford. If not, uh, hit us up on uh, Facebook or Discord later on. Um, yeah, so that White Cocoa One, great machine. If you're a collector and you're trying to get the various models, that's probably on your list. Uh, good job there, Brian. So was that paint as susceptible to scraping off as the silver was? In the, uh... mm, no, it's plastic. It was white plastic like the Cocoa oh, Two. Okay. So it will be susceptible to like yellowing and like needing to retro bright. But it's the same plastic as the Cocoa Two. Um, white, oh, okay. like the five dollar ukulele. So it wasn't painted over like the Coco no. One was. No, it's like the five dollar ukulele. It's plastic. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. Don't that thing enough, sir. 
See what happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clean it. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Oh, that would probably melt. Clean it, yeah. lighter, clean it in lighter fluid and then light it on fire to dry it. What will the ukulele play as it's melting? <laughs> what, what, what did they play when the Titanic was, Aloha, was going down? Oi, Aloha, oi, Aloha, oi. Oh, so Well, I think we've had a good show today, guys. Three hours. I think we've 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 suffered enough. We've we've tortured our audience enough. I think we've covered enough. Uh, I'm glad that we got the information out there on the Cocoa Pie Project. Hopefully, that was helpful to some people um and we did some good news this week and i really enjoyed game on this week and thanks um, again to the overwhelming response of everybody that was uh, makes me really happy to uh and we'll be looking forward to playing candy company now for the next week so make sure you check us out on discord discord.cocotalk.live I, I should say real quick too that we've um we mentioned uh, people have boosted the server. What does that mean? Um, and what does that do? Well, um, when you become what's known as a Nitro member and you pay Discord a monthly fee and you boost our server, our server gets perks. We've now made it to level two. And um, the main benefit of being at level two now is that people can send attachments and, and upload files to Discord that are now 50 megabytes in size. I think initially we were limited to like an eight megabyte attachment. So larger files can be posted in Discord. There's, there's, there's better audio and video quality, but most people aren't doing Discord for voice traffic and video traffic. But for those who are, we have high fidelity video live streaming to Discord, but larger attachments is there. Um, so we are going to be done. And any, uh, let's, let's say thank you to our live audience out there. So Frodo has been here, Dave Phillipson, James Jones, Nick Morentes, um, the Coco Man, and David Lord, and Ken Reichard, and Mikey, and Dave and Sharon, Mr. Dave6809 has been out there, Dave Phillipson, Explore VR, Ben Drakes has been out there, David Lord, we mentioned... And Nimble was out there. Hey, Nimble, Frodo. We mentioned Frodo. Ken Reichard and uh, Curtis Boyle and David Croker. And say hi to Josh out there, his son. And uh, Frodo, you know it. You guys have been out here. You've been chatting. Somebody's phone is dinging like crazy. David Lord. Um, Fedor was out here. Hey, Fedor. Terry Steen was here. Killer of couches. So... Thanks, guys, for being along for the ride. It's been a fun three hours. Where does the time go? Hey, Steve, one yeah. other thing. Yes. This, uh, this guy, Rutherford, says, hey, uh, for your information, the Cocoa One was my first computer. I got got me into IT. I now run data govern governance of all of Walmart e-commerce. Oh, wow. And uh, he said, I said, you should come on the show. He said, next time, I'd love to. I used to write software for Spectrum projects. Oh, wow. 40K basic printer, spooler, multi-pack crack, and hit an article in the first issue of Hot Cocoa. Neat. neat so maybe man. you'll come on next Yeah, have next, lunch uh, with him. Weekend. Invite him yeah. to lunch. I don't, I don't even know where he lives. <laughs> okay. All right, Steve Powell oh, just I'm showed sure up. We can find out. Steve Powell just showed up. So how about this? We are going to run the closing credits, then we'll be back for parting thoughts. James Jones was here. Hey, James Jones, how are you? Um, I think the answer is probably no, but do you guys feel like you would like to have a Caboose show after this, or have we said enough for one day? 
I think we've done enough, Steve. We've done enough damage. What do you right. What's that, Mikey? Oh, uh, do you think you're going to do a uh, game uh, segment later? I think we'll what do, do one think? tonight. Yeah, maybe we'll play Candy Company tonight and we'll stream it. Candy Company. Don't forget yes. to put that lightning rod on a hat. I know, I know. All right, so we're going <laughs> to run the outro, and then we'll be back for final <laughs> thoughts after these words. Thanks, everybody. This concludes another episode of Coco Talk, the world's leading live talk show featuring the Tandy Color Computer. For all things Coco Talk, visit us on the web at cocotalk.live. We'd love to hear from you. Send feedback, suggestions, even segments via email to cocotalk at cocotalk.live. Coco Talk is rocking the 8-bit world, keeping the Tandy flame alive. We may be mocked, but we'll never stop, because Coco Talk is rocking the 8-bit world. Consider supporting the show with a purchase of merchandise from our retro swag shop at 8bit256.com. If you'd like to become a patron of the show, click the Patreon link at our website at CocoTalk.live. Coco Talk is rocking the 8-bit world, keeping the tiny flame alive. We may be mocked, but we'll never stop, because Coco Talk is rocking the 8-bit world. Coco Talk would not exist without the community, its cast, crew, and contributors. Thanks go to Curtis Boyle, David Ladd, Mark Overholzer, Grant Leedy, Bruce Moore, Nick Marentes, Rondell Vaux, Rick Adams, Jason Riker, Richard Lorbieski, Jim Brain, Tom C., Rob Inman, Mark Bosley, Brian Joyce, Ken Riker, David O'Connor, Brian Weasler, Terry Steggy, Nick Morota, John Strong, and many more, especially to Steve Bjork for production suggestions and James Diffendaffer for making my head explode. help support the Coco community by visiting some of its various contributors. A list of resources is available at imacoconut.com. That's I-M-A-C-O-C-O-N-U-T dot com. The Coco Talk theme song is copyright 2008 by D. Bruce Moore and Greg Sheeler. Mixed, mastered, and produced by D. Bruce Moore. Well, we're not done because our audience deserves a little bit more so we're not just going to leave you on the Coco Thoughts outro by DeBruce Moore. We're going to play for you the hit song that's sweeping the nation, the song that everyone's on their mind. You can't get it out of your head. How about a little bit of Nightmare Highway coming at you here, number one on the Coco Music Countdown. Got some time to kill, might play a little... Zaxxon Might double back to play a little Temple of Rum Dungeons of Daggereth Color Baseball But none can hold a candle to the greatest of them all Nightmare Highway Sailor Man and Firefall Go on a rampage for some super pitfall Shanghai me into a game of rogue or demon attack 
But sooner or later you know I've got to come back to Nightmare Highway. Nightmare Highway. It's got a road. And it's got a car. Dodge the furniture and you'll be a pop star. Well, okay, maybe I just stick to the facts. To tell this truth, this game really ain't all that. Nightmare Highway. Nightmare Highway. I used to bow down to the Donkey King. Grabber and Cash Man used to be my thing. Megabug, Buzzard Bait, Sea Dragon 2. But none of those can satisfy me much as you do. Nightmare Highway. 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 The song, the song that will live forever in our hearts and on our minds and in our heads. Yay! Nightmare Has anyone ever asked Steen if that was the uh, if it was a gray couch just like that one? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and no furniture was harmed in the making of this episode or of that video, although harmed furniture was the inspiration behind it uh great way to wrap up a great show i want to thank the panel who's still here with us our resident apple guy mark d overholzer our always glad to be here our resident canadian nick marota nick marota nick marota good day our resident arizonian ron delvo the facebook group king yes the king of facebook groups the haver <laughs> yes. of lunch he's gonna make you an offer you can't refuse from san jose mikey has been here thank you michael Furman. glad to be here guys the maker of toggle switch based products jason reichert has been here thank you jason oh absolutely hashtag david lad haircut that's it uh uh, Rick Euland has been here, a guy who knows a thing about my favorite operating system, Nitrous 9. Thank you for being here, Rick. Great to be here, and don't forget your detox it. Don't forget to detox it. Detox <laughs> it. Right now, now, do we also, uh, this episode of Coca Talk brought to you by Detox It. Um, and next week will be brought to us by Botox It. So uh, when you need to smooth <laughs> out those you wrinkles. Drink too much? <laughs> we have got to talk about these played, paid product placements. Yeah. Are we going to have a hand? A game with an aerosol can. A game with an aerosol can. There just might. And and he has definitely lived up to his task of, of engineer this week and on this, this show. Thank you, Mark Bosley, for helping me out here. And also Jason for posting the links. Brian Weasler for coming in at the end with his Hail Mary showing us things that just make us all jealous. Thank you for that. <laughs> you bet. 
Um, Alan Murphy, you have been a great addition to the community and to this show. You're coming up with great ideas. We appreciate you. We appreciate what you do. Thank you, sir. Thanks. Um, it's a fun show. And earlier we yeah, had thanks for making us look bad. Yeah, we had Rick Allen. Uh, Rick Adams was here, and and Ron Klein. Big thanks to Ron Klein for working on that cocoa pie project. I hope more people understand what it can do. It can do a lot. It looks really cool. It it's really a cool. fun thing. Uh, David Ladd. I want to thank David Ladd, my inspiration for my hairstyles and for my beverages and for my organizations. Um, I, I learn a lot from David Ladd. Al Hartman in Facebook says, "Great show." Al Hartman from Jersey. Thank you. I've been your host this week. Stevie Stroh. I want to remind you, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna reiterate what Boat said last year in his six minutes of of radio gold that the Coco community is the best community. Coco is an amazing, fun machine to play with. The Coco SDC makes using your Coco easy. Um, all those other communities and systems suck. We are the best. Join Amen. the winning team. Amen. Join us. We are awesome. We love you. We love the Coco. And as long as you love the Coco, we'll love you too. Uh, thank <laughs> you for watching. Join us. <laughs> Join us. Oh, Jason. Oh, my God. All right. We're pressing the button. Say goodbye, yeah, everybody. Going Push the button. Bye, everybody. Have a good one, everyone. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Say <laughs>